Wrestling Geeks Alliance. Hello out there in Geek Vibes Nation. This is your friend, Dane Alves, with another episode of Wrestling Geeks Alliance, a show in, in which me and my co-host, Christopher, brother Ray Patton, break down the latest and greatest in professional wrestling news and provide you with reviews, news, and also previews to shows coming up, all including the great world of professional wrestling. And that was pretty much, I think, the, the closest I've sound like Excalibur towards the end of the show. Of course, joining me is my man, Christopher, Brother Ray Patton. Chris, I'm so freaking excited my nipples are had. <laughs> I'm pretty excited too, man. I'm, I, it's uh, this a return to form this week from a uh, live review show to our normal bullshit. So that's going to be exciting. And uh, I'm in a great mood, Dane. My New Jersey Devils have won 10 games in a row. Speaking of wrestling and uh, tie into the Prudential Center. Uh, I've been a very, very happy boy recently with the New York Jets winning a lot, New Jersey Devils winning a lot. It's uh, It's been a good time. How's things been going on your end? Heck yeah, Jersey Devils. Hail Satan. You guys are doing good. Anyways, uh, I, I'm happy for you. I'm happy for your sports teams, um, in all honesty. And uh, I've been doing good, man. Just very, very chill last couple of weeks, you know, uh, revving up for the holidays. And uh, the transition from... You know, Spooky Fest kind of has ended, and uh, I don't even know what the hell I've been watching. I've been, I've been so, like, I, I, I got to the point, Chris, where I watched enough fucking horror movies, <laughs> and I, I pretty much, at the beginning of November, other than Salem's Lot, which I watched recently, really, really long, really, really good Toby Hooper movie, um... You know, just been uh, watching this and that and watching a lot of wrestling. I'm actually about to try to, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this, but the state of the MCU has been so lackluster for the last, uh, the, the, the fourth phase. I'm going back to the fucking beginning with actually, a lot of people would think it was Iron Man, but Captain America, I'm going chronologically. And I'm going to watch the whole fucking MCU, first three phases, Infinity Saga, and I want to be at Endgame a little bit after Christmas, so sometime in January. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, you got you got some work ahead of you then. That's a uh, that's a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of Marvel there. Um, I like some of those films. I, I I've never been able to sit down and do that, watch them all chronologically, and I usually end up not going to see them in the theater. <laughs> They're good like junk food for me, um, so I just kind of catch them when and wherever mostly but i know i know that that like the i know for a fact that i really when captain america came out and when iron man came out i was super super stoked and then iron man 2 happened and then a bunch of other films happened and i kind of just like fell off from that film universe as, as hard as a lot of other people were there but john we've talked Kalina. about john Kalina, about i don't think you're listening but uh he said the same thing that i fucking said iron man 2 is <laughs> all right it's fucking it's i always said it was the first one but louder honestly but I have arguments with my friends. So you're uh, wrong, John. I'm going to say that in a random podcast that you're never going to listen to because you don't watch pro wrestling. Or support me. Sorry, anyways. <laughs> so 
so uh, as far as things I've been watching, I you know obviously a lot of hockey uh, with the Devils coming back on. They played they, they played three games last week, so I watched all of those. Watched a lot of wrestling, but uh, in between that, I've watched that uh, Let the Right One In, which was pretty good. Me and my wife finished that up. I enjoyed that. Uh, the new interview with a vampire, which I think is fucking phenomenal. Highly recommend everyone to watch. I thought it was really, really fucking good. And um, been watching that Young Rock <laughs> here and there. So I think I'm heard he's in the Memphis territory now or something like that. Well, he is in. Well, right now he's in. He's already made it to WWF. So they're starting to tell his story of when he joined the Nation of Domination at this point and slowly became the Rock that. The heel rock that we all knew and loved, I guess. Uh, but it does that weird shit where it jumps back and forth through time. The hardest thing about that show is their casting <laughs> is sometimes a bit fucking ridiculous. Like the guy that they got to play Hulk Hogan is just, ugh. It was my exact worry when they said they were going to do like a Hulk Hogan movie. I heard that, um, uh, what's his name? He's a wrestler from NWA. He, he has a tag team with his son, but he did Stone Cold, and I heard that he actually nailed a lot of the mannerisms down. Luke Hawks, I believe. Yeah. So he does the good mannerisms. He also just doesn't. He's not big enough to be Stone Cold, and he doesn't. Yeah. Really, doesn't do that great of a Stone Cold impersonation. Goddamn kid. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, <laughs> it's it's a fun show. Me and my wife still are watching it, enjoying it. But that's a. Uh, that's pretty much it. I haven't really watched any new movies, mostly mostly shows. Like I said, uh, uh, let let the right one in and, and interview with a vampire. And uh, I've been trying to catch up on this final season of Walking Dead, but Jesus Christ, bro, do they make it so fucking hard to give a shit? Oh, they make it so hard to give a shit. I stopped after the fucking season where uh, Negan came into it. Um, but I I commend you for continuing that journey. I'm sure it's gotten better, but oh yeah yeah. Oh, I did not continue the journey. I just figured, fuck it, I'll watch the last season and read like a Wicked recap. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, um, well, I appreciate that even more. Yeah, it's 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 been so bad that I, I fell off, kind of. Well, I don't want to say... I would say right after Carl died, it started sh- shooting straight the fuck downhill, and I fell off like way back then. But they've been teasing that Rick is coming back for this you know, series finale or in one of these few episodes. So the wife has been making me watch this thing and it's goddamn, is it a garbage fire? That's not, that's no good, man. Uh, I don't like to hear about garbage fires. Uh, well, the only thing that I can say that would be like a little extra news outside of wrestling, since we like to do this. And actually it's a selfless uh, plug me and uh, Abe Greer from um, hyper entertainment, a uh, really good buddy of mine over here in Georgia. Uh, he does, um, Oh, trivia stuff all throughout Atlanta. I should know the name of his group. Super Geek Trivia. There you go. But we were talking about some of the stuff. Basically, in this in this echo chamber of, of people, you know, you're much more casual, Chris. Obviously, we just kind of talked about it. Uh, but a lot of people that love the comic book films, there's obviously, and we kind of just reiterated that, there is a difference with Marvel with some of their films being, I think, cinematic, like, Great moments in cinema, like the first Iron Man, Avengers, maybe Guardians of the Galaxy, like really epic, great films, you know, much more to the style of like those big tentpole films in the 80s and 90s that we all love. And some of them are just kind of filler and fun movies here and there, and they're just whatever. And I think they've gone downhill. Well, DC was doing absolutely jack shit, uh, throwing around a bunch of just stupid 
crap, got new executives involved, uh, tried to do like the MCU, said fuck it after a while, just fucking up constantly. Walter Hamada's out of there. Um, all the major people are now out of there. Discovery, a fucking company that just had Discovery Channel originally, that because of their leader, David Zaslav, made all these shows like uh, Roadside Trucker and 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 Moonshiners and all these popular reality TV shows, and built the network to the point where they could buy fucking Warner Brothers, um, is now in charge. And he fired everyone, and he put James Gunn, who is finishing his last Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Great visionary. Worked for Troma. Definitely check out Slither, um, if you've never seen it, or Super. But known, obviously, for Guardians of the Galaxy. Him in charge of the DC Universe. And him and a producer, Peter Safran, who's known for producing a lot of Warner Brothers stuff, especially James Wan stuff, the horror shit. Uh, and they're going to be putting out their five-year plan um, in two weeks. They're going to be announcing what they're doing. Henry Cavill is back as Superman. He's on board. Uh, they're kind of using this Flash movie, since Ezra Miller's going to be out anyways because of all of his stupid shit, to kind of like keep what they want and get rid of whatever. And... Uh, the biggest thing, and this is the thing I'm proposing towards you, kind of a cool concept, total rumor. Well, not rumor, more so speculation. So on the Warner Brothers lot, uh, the head, David Zaslav, who's the head of now Warner Brothers Discovery, came from Discovery when they purchased it, uh, in charge of everything. Um, James Gunn and Peter Safran, who run now DC, they had a meeting with Steven Spielberg, and Christopher Nolan, that pretty much took up most of the day. And now this is a speculation. The fact that this new Man of Steel, or I don't think they're calling it that, Superman, whatever they're going to call it, is going to be a much more lighthearted akin to the Christopher Reeves Superman with Henry Cavill. Could you see in a world where St Steven Spielberg goes back to his old form of the tentpole film at the end of his career directing a Superman film. I don't know if I, I don't know if it'll happen, but I would fucking love that if they give it a lighthearted Indiana Jones type touch to a Superman film. Uh, like you said, that, that would harken back to some of the Christopher Reeves films. And I'm kind of tired of, you know, the darker version of Superman. It's a little boring. So it'd be kind of cool to see, especially if they do interactions with Batman in the future, getting that, juxtaposition between those two characters the, the the very big contrast between those two characters when superman is actually the goody two-shoes superman which i kind of prefer personally as far as film goes me too that's that's fucking awesome if they do that especially you know what happened work. in black adam i have not seen black adam so no i, I do okay not. That's, that's that rock joint yeah it, it was fun i'm not talking about the movie the post cred scene was a big deal Spoiler warning for people, Henry Cavill Superman comes back. He's got the old classic, more Christopher Reeves-like, you know, suit um, because Amanda Waller calls him in because Waller's basically, via TV, Amanda Waller from the Suicide Squad, Viola Davis, is telling basically Black Adam, like, look, you think you're the most powerful person on Earth. We have someone that's more powerful than you, that's one of the most powerful beings in the universe. And, like, you know, Black Adams, like, whatever, destroys a screen. And enter, from the old-school John Williams Superman music, from the Superman films, 
that that score comes in in the classic costume. Well, not with the uh, the swimming trunks, but like that style, uh, and basically tells like Black Adam to chill the fuck out, or I'll have to come and correct him. So we got the return of Henry Cavill in that. That's pretty awesome. I'm sure that was like the most hyped people were in the entire theater for that film because I've not heard good things about Black Adam. It was fine. It was uh, it was a, it was a rock action movie, man. I mean, I I mean I I'm just kind of over the rock as far as him being in movies for. I, I think he needs to do like the uh, Sylvester Stallone break there for a little bit. Give us like a three or four year breather or something. Someone was saying that he needs to start doing some stuff like. Uh... Making like if he's gonna be like Arnold or Sly, start making your 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 true lies or, or you know change it up a bit. Like I don't know, like uh, somebody, I don't know. Somebody reboot that fucking Doom movie and put put Rock back in it. Let's do a good version of that because that'd be fucking awesome. It uh, would be cool. <laughs> His Black Adam is there to stay, but you know I definitely thought the film. Hey, I'll I'll say this and people might get mad. It was better than a lot of the shit that's come out of the MCU lately. So uh, outside of like Shang-Chi, the Spider-Man movie, which was fucking amazing. And I don't know, man. It's There is a lull. There is a big lull right now. Marvel is doing different things, and I don't think that the audience are liking it as much. DC has a chance to now come in unless the whole superhero film thing kind of dies out completely like the Western. But I have no idea. But the stuff they're putting in place with DC, some of the rumors of the people that they're thinking about working with, like, uh, what's his name? Um, the guy who directed the new Maverick uh, Top Gun movie uh, is rumored to be playing or directing uh, Green Lantern Corps. So if they do, we'll see what James, James, I have a lot of appreciation for, for James Gunn as a producer, director, creator. Uh, he loves comic book movies. He wants to do a lot of silly stuff. So I remember Golomel Del Toro wanted to do Justice League Dark. I could see that being back on the table now. And he obviously is doing Suicide Squad 2. So we'll have to see. Uh, but in the next two weeks, we're going to find out what the fuck they're going to do. And uh, who knows? Maybe DC can stop sucking so much. God. <laughs> That being said, I fucking love Titans. <laughs> I, I, that was the other show. Hey, I watched I watched the first two episodes of the new season. I really enjoyed it. I love the guy as Lex Luthor, that dude that's like always randomly in stuff. Like I know him from a bunch of shit, like Deadwood, and I don't know. I've seen it a bunch, but he's great as Lex. Yeah, my wife's been super hyped because the guy that's playing the brother Blood character is Niklaus from Vampire Diaries, and uh, God, what is the originals? And she's like a huge Joseph Joseph Morgan thinks his name. She's a huge fan of his. So we've been we're completely caught up on it. It's it's a really fun show. This is a little bit of a different season, obviously, with them getting into you know witches and demons and shit. But uh, it's been fun so far. But I, I that's yeah. that's about the last DC thing I've watched, with the exception of that last Batman movie. So I can't can't speak too hard on their current state of films. Oh, it's 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 stuff going forward, and even like the movies coming out, like Shazam, just coming out in March. Shazam two, that should be fun. I'm sure they're gonna bring up Black Adam. Maybe we'll get Superman in that movie. That's in March, and then we have Aquaman two, and that might be the last one with Jason Momoa because now him and James Gunn are hinting that he's he's gonna play Lobo because that's who he originally wanted to play. So I don't even know how the fuck that's going to work. And then The Flash comes out next September. 
which they had to do a bunch of reshoots because Ezra Miller can't, you know, stay away from being in trouble. Uh, so I don't know what the fuck the reshoots were. If this, uh, you know, there's rumors that someone else is going to be playing the Flash at the end of the movie, like just like Flashpoint kind of did. I don't know, man. They have a lot of shit to clean up, but apparently they got a five-year plan. So we'll see what the fuck happens like that. Maybe it'll be like a politician's four-year plan, which is usually bullshit. Yeah, yeah, the worry with all these plans and trying to tie everything together is I think it puts a lot of these movies and certain characters into a fucking box that you can't escape from. And I mean, it's happened. This happened in comic books in the nineties as well, where they're like, okay, well now we got to tie all these fucking series together and here's a bunch of bullshit. No one wants to read. So. (laughs) Oh, DC is, is pretty much like they normally are. Like everyone's like, Oh man, they got all these problems. They have all these different characters. You know, Zaslav's talking about how he doesn't want four different Bruce Wayne Batman involved in the universe in the next five years and condense it. That's Christ on infinite earth guys. Go back to the eighties. They literally were like, <laughs> we have like fucking five Supermen," And then they had a big event, changed it. And they did it for a little while, rode into the eighties. They made man of steel from John Byron with Superman and, Redid everything, started. Oh, and then that happened in the 90s. And then they had fucking Zero Hour. And so they did it again. I mean, this this happens in the comics with them very often. It's it's what happens when you have, like, three really, really iconic characters. You know, I don't know. It's, it's hard to establish newer ones around them, I guess. But. Yeah, that's kind of the the problem with Marvel being on this weird Disney timeline is now they're kind of stuck where it seems DC, they could just fucking pivot and say, fuck it. Yeah, (laughs) they can can keep Henry Cavill if he wants to stay. They can recast Aquaman if they want and have Jason Momoa just show up as Lobo because they're not worried about the past continuity. They can have Robert Pattinson become the only Batman if they really want to. I mean, they they can kind of do whatever the fuck they want. So... And they literally have an excuse with Flashpoint coming out. That's what Flashpoint also did, was changed everything again. So, you know, craziness. Yeah, it's uh, that's interesting. I, I mean, I am kind of excited about that Spielberg Nolan joint. I mean, you don't randomly talk to Nolan and Spielberg and have lunch if you're the heads of DC and the heads of Warner Brothers, you know? Right. That That's kind of some exciting news. Even if it ends up just being like producer roles for them, yeah. tying you into the film, that that, no, that, then that would be fine. Superman flick. That would be awesome, actually. I have no problem with that. I don't. I don't have a problem with Nolan taking on another character, maybe that's up his alley that he'd want to try, maybe like a Martian Manhunter and do something fucking weird. I have no problem with him just being a producer. I have no problem if uh, Zaslav was trying to, because I've heard he's trying to mend fences with uh, De- uh, Denny Villeneuve. Because they both got pissed at them, or they got pissed at the old regime for putting their movies just on the app and shit like that while it's in theaters. Um, so maybe that had something to do with it. They literally could have just been talking to them and like, hey, we need your advice. You guys are two of the most prolific director producers. You know, what do you, it could have just been that. But whatever it is, it's something. So something's better than nothing. I think Matchbox 20 had a song about that. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny that you brought up the Western thing. That's usually my take on these fucking Marvel movies, is that they'll end up cannibalizing their own goddamn audience by just pumping out too many. So 
hopefully if DC is taking a fresh take on everything, like you're saying, it'll reinvigorate the film, comic film universe. I mean, I know there's a lot of money out there, but like I've said many times on various podcasts throughout Geek Vibes, uh, the well eventually runs dry, much like it did with Westerns. I mean, no one thought Westerns were going to end from, you know, the 30s until like the 70s, but it did. It did. And that could be the same thing. I think the one thing that they have going for them, um, they're always going to have a diehard audience. It seems like the, the bigger audience will probably peel off, obviously. But, you know, comic book fans, they're fucking crazy. So they got that going for them. And the fact that they can do subgenres within the genre. I think, unfortunately, Westerns are kind of a one-note concept, uh, no matter which way you go. Whereas you could have a Western-styled superhero film if you wanted to. It's more about the quality, the person creating it. And honestly, I hate to say this, the person, whether it be the producer of it or the show or the showrunner, the director, wanting this to be about making a really cool superhero film and not wanting to just get like, uh, I don't know, use it as a way to get themselves on a platform to talk about a certain thing. Caring more about the mm-hmm. character than a, than a choice, which I think is going on right now in Marvel a lot. Yeah, I could I could definitely see that. Um, yeah, interesting stuff. Regardless, that uh, we just talked about comic book films. Me and you always talk fucking wrestling, but we just talked about comic book films for about thirty minutes now. Uh, more so than you know, because I used to do a news show and you used to be on it once in a while, but uh, that was crazy. So. Yeah, right. I kind of felt it's it's exactly what I said though. Like those movies because they were pumping them out so quick and they're pumping out so many trailers and a lot of them were like sub characters that I didn't even really care about in fucking comic form. Um, and trying to tie all that shit together, it just wore me out, man. Like, <laughs> to yeah, the point, I just didn't want anything to do with it. And that's that's part of my problem with the Marvel universe more than anything else is that sometimes less is more. And when you're pumping all this shit out, like every six months, there's a new goddamn. Tight. Yeah, and and it gets to the point where nostalgia takes over, Chris. And the biggest movie that they have had in this last phase involves getting every all three Spider-Men back together in one film. So, right, you know which what I'm is one of movies in years, in my opinion. But yes, uh, that that being said, I mean, as far as that whole, I mean, which I don't even think. What the fucking Wolverine movie doesn't even, Logan doesn't even tie into that shit at all, which is probably my favorite out of all of those Marvel flicks from the Are past you, we, we haven't talked about this. Are you looking forward to seeing uh, Hugh Jackman make one last run as uh, his version of Wolverine in the next Deadpool movie? Yeah, because I think everyone wanted to see it with him and Ryan Reynolds, right? So just from that standpoint, I'm happy because that will give those fans who waited forever for that fucking Deadpool movie to come out. And yeah. the, you know, the original script had a lot of tie-ins to Wolverine. Um, so for them, I'm happy, but also at the same time, it's like, y'all told me that he was fucking done. <laughs> now he's well, well, that takes place in the future, Chris. So this is before that. That's what they're trying to do. Basically. It was funny. I don't know if you saw it, but they were like, We'll explain to you, it was the two of them on the couch, we'll explain to you how we get over the hurdle of Logan for this timeline, and it kind of just like acts like as if the audio fucks up and they're just talking with no audio, and then it goes back on, they're like, and that is how. <laughs> yeah, so. with, with X-Men, it's, it's kind of easy to do because they fucking dive into time travel all the time, I guess, so. 
Oh yeah, or or people like uh, James McAvoy in, in the course of I don't know 15 years is supposed to look like fucking Patrick Stewart by the end of it. Um, stuff like that just doesn't make any sense. But still, you know how X Men, the Fox X Men's whole entire thing was continuity schmontinuity. So that was that was their stuff. But I'm glad <laughs> I'm glad to see Patrick Stewart come back as Xavier and fucking Multiverse of Madness. If you didn't know that, sorry, it's been out for fucking months. Uh, I'm glad to see Hugh Jackman having one last role to kind of get Wolverine back hyped in before you bring in a new actor to play him, a younger version, I'm assuming. And I'm glad that, you know, we saw, uh, what's his name? Um, fucking uh, the murderer. Um, <laughs> Quicksilver. But he played uh, <laughs> Jeffrey Dahmer. Uh, I can't remember the actor's name. Um, but him come back uh, as Quicksilver, you know? Evan Peters, right? Thank you. Thank you, Evan Peters. So there is still some of that Fox X-Men, but it's it's obviously kind of and Deadpool is coming right the fuck into the MCU. So it's just interesting. If Sony would just be smart and just use Andrew Garfield as their Spider-Man so that you actually have a fucking Spider-Man to interact with Venom and all these other weird characters you're trying to do, that would be a uh, perfect too, but they're dumb and they make a Craven movie in which Aaron Taylor Johnson is going to play Craven the Hunter, who's an environmentalist, um, and not someone that kills animals brutally, like, he, whatever. Okay, anyways, let's just move on to, to fucking wrestling. I'm just done. I can't believe I remembered that. I'm mad Real now. Before we jump off, there was news of Ryan Reynolds uh, trying to get an investment group together to buy the Ottawa Senators. So look at that, tied in, tied in comics and hockey, all in one one line there. There you go, from Ryan Reynolds, who's who's in which? I really want to get his voice down one day. He's got such a weird fucking thing about him. All right, let's talk about some wrestling. These are cool things I just pulled out. Um, well, we got one that is a whole. We'll just go into this first. What the fuck is going on? At the NWA, man. I know that me and you don't watch it that much anymore. I think the last time I watched it was when Cardona was champ. But one thing that's good from the pictures I've seen, Odinson is now a singles guy. He's being taken seriously, so hopefully he gets a title on him. I know that uh, Kerry Morton, Ricky Morton's uh, son, won the junior heavyweight championship. uh, Championship that back in the day, uh, oh man, I forgot what the fucking guy's name was. Uh, Danny Hodge. Danny Hodge had that title. Big, big prestigious championship. But we go over in the main stuff, and uh, Nick Aldis, basically, very WWE of him, decided to tell everyone that he was unhappy and that he wasn't reading up his contract on on Twitter. And uh, then we found out that Billy Corgan had no idea that that was happening and suspended him for disclosing business-related information. Uh, I don't know how long that is. I think his, his contract is up, if I'm not wrong, in January, uh, but now interviews getting out that's pissing off Corgan. Uh, apparently, the biggest bone of contention was Nick Aldis wanted that this is when Trevor Murdoch had the title and it kind of was not getting there. And you know, before he got back to Matt Cardona, I guess Nick proposed that it goes back to him so he can put it on Cardona and they can have a rivalry. Because it just wasn't working out with Trevor. And I guess Billy made a comment about that to uh, Mickey, of all people. And basically saying that wasn't going to happen. Instead of actually to fucking Nick's face. So he told his wife, you know, just in conversation. That that whole scenario he thought of. 
And honestly, I do believe Nick was actually just looking at the the betterment of the company. He has gone on and said that the company is not what it originally claimed to be, being an alternative that went more old school. It's pretty much, you know, not as much jumps, but very modernized and kind of losing that original flavor. Um, and uh, Brodius Clay, uh, what's his name now? Uh, uh, Tyrus is the uh, champ. He beat uh, both Matt Cardona uh, and um, the former champion Trevor Murdoch at their last pay-per-view. Where's the so, fucking NWA fan outrage on this man being champion after the allegations against him and him getting fired from the fucking Fox network not that long ago, by the way? I don't know, man. <laughs> this whole fucking situation is that abs- you had a chance to put it on Cardona, at least. Well, Cardona, got he had it. He got injured. Well, yeah, yeah. He got injured. Then he came back. He was a part of a three-way for the, 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 the championship with Trevor and uh, Tyrus. And I think Tyrus, I, I do believe, uh, pinned Trevor in the match. But you could have had Matt get the title. You didn't have to fucking put it on Tyrus. I don't, I don't fucking know. But then again, there's this whole thing that Matt Cardona and Chelsea Green are being... Uh, you know, groomed to come back to WWE, if you will. But why the fuck did you put on Tyrus? I have no idea. And I honestly, if this is all true, maybe Nick is fucking not, you know, just running his dick lips about it. He's really pissed off. And that, you know, Billy Corgan's kind of fucking up. Didn't he come out and basically say that the product is just garbage, basically? He said that it wasn't what, uh, what they originally were trying to do. He goes, this is just... Another, basically, he made it sound like this is just another indie fucking company doing wrestling in a different setting now. And, uh, yeah, I think in a lot of ways, like, I like some of the guys. I already said two of them. Kerry Morton. Really like Kerry Morton. I'm glad he has a heavyweight belt. Uh, I'm a big fan of Odinson. I'm glad that he's breaking out by himself. Uh, there are some people I like over there. Matt Cardona's still messing around. EC3's over there. Um, but Tyrus? Yeah, that, I mean, you know, even if he did come out and say it's hot fucking garbage, it's hard to debate it's hot fucking garbage when you're the NWA champion of the world is fucking Funkasaurus. <laughs> oh, I mean, God. It's not, I mean, look, Tyrus was bad in Impact as well, so, like, I, I don't, if that's why he decided to fuck it, I'm not going to resign. I understand that. Nick Aldis is, he's too good to be out here having fucking championship matches against Tyrus. Um, on a platform that sells maybe 50,000 views on, like, BR Live. Yeah. The fuck they're shown. So if his contract was up in January anyways, and he decided he's just like, I'm not going to re-sign, I could see that. Like, even if he goes back and works for Impact, he'll end up getting a broader viewership with better booking at the moment. Um, or, you know, he could end up in WWE or uh, AW, whatever. I think that would be a better situation for him because... Unfortunately, when they lost Cornette and then they had the allegations against the second money man in that company who had to step away. Dave Lagana. Dave Laverlips Lagana. Douchebag. <laughs> as soon as that shit happened, that product fell off of, of the fucking map. I mean, the pandemic obviously didn't help it, but when they lost kind of their announcing team and they lost some financial booking and some of the stuff they were doing they had to cut back on cost wise and then they tried to make it like a paid weekly show similar to impact um 
there's been a lot of missteps <laughs> in that in that product in general. So I mean, I'm not surprised that Nick Aldis is not going to resign. Um, that doesn't mean that he won't. They could squash this, and him instead of him resigning, he does like paid appearances like Cardona's doing because Cardona's not signed with NWA as far as a contract. Maybe he just doesn't want to be locked into a fucking contract. I would also be pissed off if I found out from my wife that our boss mentioned to her that that whole thing that he proposed of putting the title back on him to go against Cardona uh, was squashed, but not to his face, to his wife randomly in conversation from Billy Corgan. That would really fucking piss me off if that's the truth. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, in in a similar situation like you were talking about with Cardona and Chelsea Green coming into WWE, I mean, the same could be said about, you know, Nick Aldis and Mickey James. If Mickey James comes back as his manager in WWE, right? You could could do some shit like that, especially if they're just trying to load up some veteran talent for the NXT roster. Like he would be a good fit there that can work with some of these younger people. Um, and is respected in the industry and kind of do the Johnny Gargano role almost to some extent. No, I agree. It's just crazy because I think if, regardless of they have the belts or not, I think a couple years back, if, if I was saying, you know, the person you think of when you think of WWE, I think a lot of people, maybe including you, I'm not trying to talk on your behalf, would be Roman Reigns, probably still is. Uh, if you look at New Japan, Kazuchika Okada, uh, if you look over at Impact, it'll probably be Moose, maybe now Josh Alexander. You got AW, it's either Moxley or fucking Kenny, with MJF now becoming the person in that place. But at that time, and then, you know, you go down to Mexico, it would probably be either, um, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, Psycho Clown or, or Penta. When I think, uh, or MLW for another instance, Jacob Fatu or fucking um, Hammerstone, I think that's all the other ones. I think I covered my bases. When I think of NWA, I think of Nick Aldis. So it's very crazy that that's not going to be something, possibly, unless he does what you're saying uh, soon here in the future. And I think Nick could do better for himself, honestly. He reminds me a lot of... Uh, um, what? No, no, now I'm having problems remembering his name. Nick, uh, Bobby Heenan's managed him. Wow. Just well, talk. With, with with pretty much everyone locked under contract except for him and Cardona, as far as big names go, I would think that he's going to make a lot more money leaving NWO regardless of the or NWA regardless of the situation, right? Because you still have AEW and WWE in kind of a buying war. Oh, it was Nick Bockwinkle who I was thinking of, and yeah, you're 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 right because he is a good prospect to get. Because the only other the other only other big name talents right now that are unsigned and not wrestling anywhere really would be Sasha Banks and Naomi. As far yep. as like huge talent you could bring in, I, I mean, I can't think of anyone else right offhand. Yeah, those are, uh, I would say, the two biggest. But I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Uh, we'll find out what happens with Nick, but uh, NWA definitely seems like it's having some uh, some issues. Um, let's move on to – these are kind of indie uh, – well, no, not indie because one's with Pro Wrestling Noah and New Japan and shit like that. But we have two wrestlers, two of my favorites of all time, um, one being Keiji Muto, the great Muta, who has – you know, he's starting his last year, basically, of wrestling – 
Uh, he in, in this time period, he plans on having a match with um, Tanahashi. And I know the last match, like as Great Muda, or I think as Great Muda, I know the last match next year has been announced. I don't know when exactly with him and Sting uh, versus two other opponents. Um, and that, that will be his last match as the Great Muda. And then he'll have some more matches as Keiji Muto before he, you know, ends his things and retires completely. So that's awesome. Uh, also, Ricky Steamboat uh, coming up next week, I believe. He has a match uh, with FTR against a couple uh, people. One in which we do not know the mystery opponent. But if there's two people that I think, and I hate to say this, man, because part of it's kind of like a shot, but if there's two people that are going to do a great job towards the end of their career and have some really bangers, and they, or specifically with Steamboat, have a last big banger, I think it's, you know, Mudo and uh, and Steamboat. I think that they're, like, uh, Ricky, I feel like at, at 90 could probably put on a fucking great match. Just, just he's He's got that amazing ability, and he did, you know, 10 years ago in the indies. He had that before that with uh, Chris Jericho. You know, and he's just awesome. And Muda is, <laughs> impressed me when we saw him randomly show up at AEW. I'll, I'll talk about the two matches themselves, and we'll break it down, because Muda's going against Nakamura January 1st on New Year's Day, which I'm definitely looking forward to, and we'll be watching that match. Pro Wrestling Noah, a one-off. Shinsuke, one of his biggest idols of all time, is the great Muda. Um, a lot of the mannerisms that Shinsuke does in the ring and the kicks, you can tell that he was trained by Inoki, but definitely Fujinami and, and Keiji Muto were his, two of his biggest inspirations, I would say. And I'm that match itself, Chris, I don't want us to forget about that because I'm really looking forward to Wrestling Noah having, for one-time thing, WWE allowing Shinsuke Nakamura to go against one of his idols the great Muta in one of his last matches. Yeah. The only thing I'm kind of disappointed about there is that I believe because of the working relationship between AEW and new Japan, that match isn't going to happen, happen at wrestle kingdom, which is where it probably should happen. Right. With Nakamura versus Muta. I mean, it's going to be great regardless. I'm excited to see the match, but it, it would be special in the Tokyo dome at wrestle kingdom. As That's kind true. Of novelty match on that card. I think it's because Muda has he's he's jumped over to New Japan lately on his like last limb before recently, but he's mainly been working with Pro Wrestling Noah that I'm aware of. So I yeah, guess he that's was their heavyweight champion not that long ago. If you <laughs> so, I guess it might not even be WWE with New Japan. Um, because I feel, I feel like I heard that Carl Anderson's going to get that worked out since he's still technically one of New Japan's champions. Uh, they're trying to figure out whatever date to redo for that, but I don't know if it's a hindrance basically between the relationship, if you will, between New Japan and WWE. I think it's pro wrestling. Noah is the one hosting the event itself, but yeah, you're right. I mean, this is going to be at a, I'm, I'm sure a fairly large arena that will be packed because these guys are two legends. I think they said it's at the uh, Araike Arena in Tokyo. I don't know how big that place is. But, um, yeah, so it's January 1st. He has this match. And then January 22nd, also for Pro Wrestling Noah, with an AEW person, him and Sting, 
are going against uh, some opponents that we don't know. Yeah, I wonder who that is going to be. Um, that's uh, it, It'll be fun regardless, because, I mean, you're really just there to see Sting and Muda, right? So uh, it doesn't really matter who they go against. You know who my dream scenario would be, though? Funk and Flair. Well, yeah, I mean, that, that would be great, too. But no, <laughs> no, no, not Funk and Flair. How about how about Sonata and Darby Allen? Oh, that would be cool. I just thought you meant like uh, if you had a time, <laughs> just put whoever the fuck you wanted in there. <laughs> you know, Terry. Terry would have no idea what the hell's going. What the where the fuck Rico? Why am I getting on a damn plane? Rick, what are you doing here? Just drink, obviously, just drink some whiskey, Terry. Please. I, I obviously did not get enough fucking sleep because I thought you just meant like broad dream scenario in their prime what you wanted to see not like what you wanted to see like right now <laughs> yeah yeah just gotcha, I gotcha. it's probably gonna be it's probably gonna be some talent i would think from pro wrestling no maybe that i'm not aware of but i hope they have some big that should be two heels technically so i don't know but it would be cool if it was their two protégés that's what i was trying to say with sonata and darby um that would be a fun match but i'm really looking forward to knock i, I love these matches because the one for with him and Tanahashi is getting big publicity that's next year. Like, next year's going to be a fun year for the uh, end of Muda. And I hope he comes back to AEW again, too. You know? I don't know when he plans on ending ending. Like, if this is going to make it all the way around to next Wrestle Kingdom, potentially. But, you know, he's retiring the Muda persona after the match with Sting on the 22nd of January. So, he'll just be KG Muda for the rest of it. It would be great to see KG Muda in... Atlanta one last time if somehow AEW can get that lined up just because I think a oh, lot of it was in WCW and a lot of his matches were at the Omni etc during the night you know the 80s and 90s of that time period so it'd be cool for that to be one of his last runs here in America I would like to go see that yeah um, I would love that but uh yeah that was the thing I was the reason I was thinking Flair and Funk is I don't know if you remember when Muda the the, the cage the, match, right? Well, Muda beat Sting for the NWA World Television Championship, and it set up a tag match where Sting and Flair were tagging against Muda and Terry Funk. Yeah, and they not. had the electric cage that didn't work, but it caught something on fire during it, and they had to fucking put it out. I think so, I think yeah. I think a fan threw their shirt on top of the cage, and it got right where the wiring was. It's a it's a wild ass match, guys. I think Sting jumps from the top of it into the fucking ring, but yeah, that. Love that shit. That's what made me think about like if you you know <laughs> if you could just throw it into any time period, right? I would I would love to see that opposite, like Muda on Sting's team and and Flair on Funk's team as two hated rivals having a team together on both sides uh, to go. I against love it. Him. That'd be fucking great. But yeah, that's where that came from. My mind was uh, running back that match. Yeah, dude, I'm down for that. All right, all right, let's talk about this other one, too, because this is actually coming up next week, and I will, one way or another, be watching this match because not only is the Steamboat's last match on the same card, the last time you will see the Rock and Roll Express go against the Briscoe Brothers. So this is on the 27th, the main event, FTR, who's not on a pay-per-view today for some reason. I'm not going to get into it right now. Um, with Ricky Steamboat going against... Not just Jay Lethal, Macho Machismo, the Black Machismo, Jay Lethal, Brock Anderson with his father, Arn Anderson, in their corner, and a mystery person that they have not told. We do not know if it's going to be whoever. 
Ric Flair has said that is not him, but unfortunately also said, but it makes him want to do one more last match and Steamboat's doing one last match. Don't do it, Rick! Just don't! So I'm looking forward to this, but you have them in FTR opposite Black Machismo, Brock Anderson. Who's the mystery guy, Chris? Is it Chris Jericho? Oh, God, I don't know, man. I feel like Jericho to Steamboat is kind of like, uh, it makes sense kind of like how they had uh, Jarrett be on, uh, opposite of Flair almost. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that was one of Steamboat's best matches on his last run back when he was in WWE. So it would make a little sense just story-wise, right? They had that, and, he had that. Yeah, and you know that, you know that also Jay Lethal's there just to do like Macho Man Steamboat spots with them from uh, WrestleMania 3. <laughs> I'm sure they're <laughs> going to do the whole fucking opening. They couldn't, awesome. pick a, they couldn't pick a better fucking guy for that. So, I'm not sure who it's going to be though. I, I'm. It's kind of exciting. Yeah, the only thing about Jer is the only thing about Jericho is does he even want to fucking do it? I mean, I guess if Steamboat asked him to do it, he probably. Oh would, yeah. But it's kind of a little beneath where Jericho is in the world of wrestling. Yeah, that's a good point. But I mean, FGR is also on the other side, so they have it's all AW guys. Um, yeah, yeah but FTR, FTR has to go wrestle other places because they don't fucking book them on the show anymore. <laughs> so <laughs> that's they're in a different situation where they have to go wrestle other places to keep rele- relevancy. <laughs> hey, bro. Hey, bro. This is on. So this is next Sunday. Um, and it's at Raleigh, North Carolina at a Dorton Arena. Should we go on a fucking road trip? I mean, how much are fucking tickets for that thing? That's the real question. Oh, yeah, you're probably right. They're probably stupid amount. All right, so I'm going to throw some people out there. If you would have planned for it a little bit ahead of time, then maybe. (laughs) Maybe we would have been able to see it. Yeah, I don't. I don't if these, those tickets are probably like two hundred bucks, and then knowing me and you, we definitely would have to get a hotel somewhere. And then now we're looking at like a six hundred dollar trip, like a week from now, if you include yeah. alcohol. Yeah, that terrible. Consumed. Is there uh, any? Is there any possibility this is Ric Flair and that he's just bullshitting? I mean, it's a huge possibility, but I don't know that. This is a Conrad's gimmick, right? I don't know. I don't know if this is a part of that. I can't. It, 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 the company's big time wrestling. Is that? No, that's not. His is like Starcast or whatever, so it's not. Them. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That's weird. I mean, yeah, if, Ricky, if I was... Ricky, kind of like was like, no, I'm not going to be in the match with with Ric Flair. I can't do this anymore, guys. I don't want to. When Ric Flair does it, I, I got a match over in November now. Yep, not with Conrad's company, but I'm going to do my own thing guys come and watch it will definitely be better than whatever the hell rick did in his match which by the way rick flair faked a heart attack in his match even admittedly so it's very possible that fucking ricky the dragon steamboat just didn't want anything to do with flair after all of the plane stuff came out and just having his name associated with flair in general he might it it could have been that or it could have just been the fact that like i'm not going in there with rick we can't like i'm gonna carry him through the whole entire thing and i'm almost his age like I'm not fucking, I'm not doing that. <laughs> Maybe in his head he was just chanting, "Please don't die," and then he was like, "Nah, don't want to do that." Um, like I mean, but hey, and also, rock and roll versus uh, Briscoes, man, that should be fun as fuck. I'll be fun. Um, you know, Briscoes are going to do a lot of the fucking work in that match, but they're 
if you're going to pick a team to do it, it would be them or FTR, right? So uh, yep. we've seen this in the NWA tournaments. It'll be a good match. It'll probably be very similar to what they've done in the past. All right. Well, I just wanted to bring up that to my uh, favorite Japanese, Japanese American, and obviously full Japanese favorite wrestlers of all time uh, with Seamboat and Muda. And I look forward to seeing some of their last outings in wrestling. And God bless them, because honestly, when it comes down to it, they're two of the most inefficient. Um, I don't know. Just the, they're one of those guys I always say is like they have great finesse. They, the things they do in between are flawless. Their their aerial ability, their technical stuff. It's just two of the best of all time. I'll say that. Um, I, I, now, here's a question for you before we move along here. What do you think Muda's gonna be with 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 Jay Lethal and fucking Brock Anderson? Because I'd be down for that. Wait, what? Sorry. <laughs> sure. I was gonna say when you were a kid, I know you were more of a uh, you know WWF guy, but when I was a kid growing up, there was something so special about Muda, and I was so mesmerized by him. I was a bigger fan of him than like Warrior or Taker. So as you watch this back as a kid, who are you a bigger fan of? I'm not talking about work rate or who's had better matches, just like as an overall character, kind of like looking at it from your child's mind. If you had been able to see both, who do you think would you would have preferred? Like Muda, Warrior, or Taker? Hmm. I remember seeing pictures of, of Muda first in the magazines before uh, jumping into WCW, obviously, in the early 90s. So, yeah, I, I didn't see him in the like, late 80s, early, early 90s, like when he, his biggest run, basically, with WCW. So if just the, the, the mysterious nature of him and even like the, the, the mist, everything was, was cool. But when, when I was younger and I saw Taker, I really thought that he was a guy that like killed people and then took them and buried their fucking asses. Um, I would say he would. So basically, if, if I had Muda when I was a child, I was still mesmerized when I first saw him, you know, when I was probably about like six, seven or eight later on. Uh, and then knowing him from the magazines and knowing him from maybe tapes that I got and then him coming into it, part of the NWO and later feuding with Sting with Vampiro, probably one of the only good highlights of that fucking terrible time. Um until they got the demon, the kiss demon. Oh my god. Uh, so I would say that Muda would have better competition against The Undertaker than Warrior, because after a while I just thought that Warrior had to take a shit and, um, you know, couldn't, like, chill out. Like, I really was, honestly, I think I've told you this, I liked Warrior. I even bought his stupid comic book that sucked. Um, so I liked him as a kid, but I was a Hulk Hogan diehard. And when Hulk Hogan, like, even though it was one of my favorite matches, and it's still a great match. It's one, it's it's why Hulk's a brilliant wrestler because uh, him and Savage pulled out great fucking match from Warrior that people like Rick Rude had problems with because of you know Warrior's wrestling abilities. But so yeah, this is basically just downing downing Warrior. I'll just say that like Muda would probably be if I saw him when I was younger, it would be the same le- level I would say as Undertaker. I would compare Sting more to Warrior, which I did see from a distance. Like, WCW's toys were sold at the stores when I was younger, Chris, in Massachusetts. And there was no WCW on any of the channels yet. 
So I knew who Sting was, but I didn't really know who Muda was. But Sting always like, wait, so who's the Ultimate Warrior with blonde hair over here? And who's this guy in shorts with the blonde hair? And then shortly after that, Ric Flair came over to WWF and won the title. Yeah, I, I always do a toss-up with Muda and Taker for me personally because I, I didn't watch a lot of WWF going up, growing up. I didn't really have cable, so it, it wasn't really readily available to me as opposed to WCW on TBS. And even going into a video store to rent you know, wrestling tapes, you might have some WrestleMania tapes or some, uh, some Hogan highlight tapes, Titan video tapes, as they would say. Yes. Back in the day. But I do remember the first Undertaker match I ever watched was the Taker Hogan match where he tombstones him, tombstones Hogan on the chair. I thought he killed um, him. I thought he killed him too. So may I don't know, maybe Taker, <laughs> but it's it's a tough one for me. I was just out of curiosity. I had to ask you while we were. No, I love that. You know what's funny, and I think I've told you this before. Everyone wanted two of everyone's dream matches was or no one of everyone's dream matches it seems like and it would have been cool if it happened staying undertaker and to me i i my ultimate dream match i mean they're my two favorite wrestlers so weird was Shawn michaels and sting and i always wanted to see the great muda go against the undertaker that to me was much more of a i have to have it and then like the fact that they both aged and like had longevity like they did. It's like, God damn it. Great mood and undertaker would have been a fun fucking feud. Ugh, too bad. Yeah, that would have been, that would have been an amazing feud. And I probably would prefer that match to sting versus taker. Cause I can kind of lay out what the sting taker match would look like in my head, but I don't know. I could lay out the Muda versus taker match. <laughs> in my I was head. straight up, dude. I was straight up, and I know that there's a couple of, everyone loves Sting as a blonde, but I really loved Stinger, like right before he turned the crow Sting, and he had like the kind of the mushroom cut, and he would wear like the green and yellow mask, uh, face paint, had the black trunks with the green scorpion on them. I wanted 96 Sting and 96 Sean in like a ladder match. That to me, when I was a kid, was like the coolest dream concept. And uh, yeah, never happened. That would have been a match. That would have been really fun. That's uh, Sting when he's on the hood of the net. That's right before he Hogan turns to NWO when he has the longer hair. Um, and yep. even when he comes back as Crow Sting, it's not the full length that most of the Sting photos are known for. He was, if you ever played that WCW World Tour game, that's more of what his hair. <laughs> the hair here, he like just dyed it back and came back, basically. Remember when he was just rocking at first? He was talking a little bit, and he was. Still had the mushroom cut, and he had the white, you know, outline with a little bit of black around the eyes of his stinger face paint. And that was, like, the first time we saw the uh, the crow sting. And then, like, Scott Hall's like, man, you should just, you know, you should look like the crow. And then fucking brilliant from Scott Hall, and that's uh, <laughs> that's how we got sting. Scott, take a, take a movie character and be that. Just do it really well. Hey, that's... I did it. <laughs> I'm not even fucking Cuban. <laughs> Sting gets to TNA and he's just like, "Fuck it, I'm the Joker now." <laughs> and now, and and where did where's Sting's biggest catchphrase? He said it in that awesome video package with Darby. It's showtime. Well, uh, believe yeah. I remember a ghost with the most said that first, but I love Stinger. <laughs> hey, do you remember? Do you remember after NWO and um, Wolfpack when Sting would come out? to uh, uh, Seek and Destroy from Metallica. And he had, like, the little goatee and uh, always wore the necklace. 
Like that was the difference. He had like same look. Like Sting was so cool, man. Vaguely, because it was like the Jimmy Hart version of Seek and Destroy, right? Yeah, yeah. It was <laughs> it was not Metallica's version, but it was. And that's how he came out. He had like a fucking I don't know if it was like a cuckoo shell necklace or something, but he always wore like the little necklace with the bead on it. And he had like the I forgot what it's called, but like the little teeny fucking thin beard. I think he still does it. Cause Sting is such a badass man. He said he's just so cool. Sting made cool me a lot. Lifetime wrestling fan when I was like four or five years old because I went to see him. And I've told this story on the show before at the Gainesville Civic Center filming like a whatever their Sunday night show, Sunday night main event or whatever the hell the name of the show was. And he, he gave me the hand clap on the exit and I was fucking hooked from then on out. So I was a little stinger growing up for sure and still am. Yeah, I still pop whenever Sting does something awesome. Well, you know, do you want to talk about then the pay-per-view, uh, which Sting is a part of? Give our predictions before we talk about some of the highlights of these shows, or do you want to do the highlights of the shows, Chris, and then talk about the pay-per-view for full gear tonight, Saturday, uh, November 19th? Ooh. I'm going to let you call this one. I do want to say something real quick about Tony Khan. Um, at least he acknowledged that he's tried to bring the Briscoes in to AEW again. I know he had some other controversial thing. He did note when they asked about the Briscoes, he's like, I couldn't have that match between FTR and the Briscoes on AEW, which just reverts back to they don't want Briscoes on TNT or TBS. Well, they have a new they have a new leader in Warner Brothers, so maybe we'll trickle down. Because to me, that's very silly. Especially, like I don't understand. I understand anyone that got offended, but I think they made every measure to make up for it, and I think that. Like a lot of people say nowadays that we should be able to get people to a place where, you know, I don't know. I'm not going to fucking get into it. Stupid. But Zazlav's uh, got, a, uh, I think, a whole entire different. Not that it really makes things good or not, but Zazlav, I don't think. Pretty sure he's a conservative. So I don't know. Maybe that will get to him. I have no fucking clue. But. Good or whatever in that scenario. Uh, do you want to just do the highlights and then we can maybe as we hit the setups for those matches, just give predictions that might be. All right. So let's, 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 let's do this. Let's do this. Let's talk about raw real quick. Really good raw, man. I mean, they have, this is the thing. It's like one thing I definitely can't complain is the matches that they have. Um, still a long fucking show. Of course, now my internet is fucking up. Well, that makes sense. But let's see. We had Bobby Lashley against Mustafa Ali. We had, uh, obviously, the main event with Seth Rollins going against Finn Balor. We had a DQ, and we'll talk about it with Austin Theory going against, uh, I was about to call him Mr. Perfect. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Dolph Ziggler. Uh, and then another match with uh, Chad Gable and Matt Riddle. So, you know, match quality-wise, I'm glad that fucking Triple H gives a shit. I'm glad that we don't have the same exact tag matches. And I'm glad that the singles match, they have a little bit more flavor than they did beforehand. Because it would be like a throwaway. And a lot of times it's it's the person that, you know, the two people, their greatest hits matches. But still, I thought Finn and fucking Seth work really well together. Like who would knew who would know, you know? As I wait for Bleacher Report to 
load up. What what did you think about Raw overall? Give me some of your stuff. Uh, like you said, lots of good wrestling. It's doing well in the ratings. They're selling more tickets than they have in the past. I think the fans are more into it now that Triple H has taken over. Surprise, surprise. Uh, but yeah, some good sh- good stuff on the show. And I uh, really liked the Austin Theory reset, I guess, is what we should call it. Um, should we talk about that now? We can. Go ahead. So I think one of the – and I understand the criticism. It's one that I had. One of the things that really sucked was two wrestlers, especially Austin Theory, uh, Austin Theory and Lacey Evans, they were projects of Vince McMahon that kind of just drizzled out and then Hunter acquired. Austin specifically because he got the, you know, the Money in the Bank briefcase. But to come to find out, and my God, we'll talk about this first, Chris. Come to find out that apparently... Vince wanted to really wanted to elevate Austin Theory. That's why he put the briefcase on him, but did not want to take the belt off of Roman probably until after fucking Austin Theory would be able to use it. So he wanted him to keep on having it up until next summer and whatever. I don't know what Hunter's decisions are. I don't know what we'll see with Roman going into Mania and then after that. <laughs> but this type of shit I'm talking about. Like, goddamn Vince. Like, so a lot of the, it seems like a lot of the, the, the aggravation was with Hunter. Like, what the hell? Like, this was, I guess, is, is he getting buried because this was Vince's guy? And then I was like, and a lot of people said, like, well, no. I mean, he, Triple H is the one who acquired Austin and brought him into this. I feel like Triple H, and you could tell me if I'm wrong, Chris, was flat out like, we don't know what the fuck to do with you. I mean, even in plans, Vince wanted... Roman to keep the championship going, you know, past Mania. So there's there's what he should have done, I feel like, in my opinion, and what he did, and what he did still is a, is a relaunch sort of thing. Still kind of makes Austin look stupid, but I think he came back with that promo. I think he came back with what, what they did at the beginning of the show, making the U.S. title stand out that much more with Seth Rollins. And now he's got Finn Balor coming at him, and he's got, uh, you know, he's got Austin Theory coming at him. He's got Bobby Lashley coming at him. He's got all these different competitors that are big names, ex-champs somewhat, you know, coming after him for that belt. So I think that they did a good job building him, making Austin Theory realize, like, this is going to get him in a different mode. You're not seeing him doing selfies and shit like that. Like, he's fucking pissed, and he let Dolph had it. To a DQ... Within the match, which means that we could have more with these guys, because I think Delph, Dolph could really help, like mold uh, Austin Theory a bit more. But he just beat the shit out of him, wouldn't stop fucking annihilating him outside until the the ref had to do whatever, and then came in after Seth got annihilated from several people at that time, and then took advantage of the situation and beat the crap out of them. So this is the new Austin Theory. What do you? I like what they're doing. I have what I think would have been a better idea, but who knows? Do you think really it was Hunter's fault with this? Or do you think this was basically the only road that he could go, Chris? Uh, It's both Hunter and Vince's fault, because I still think that there was a way you could have Roman drop one of the titles and he could run. He could go in with the belt that he's held the longest to Mania, and it wouldn't have been that big of a deal. That's true. 
because technically you're allowed to challenge for a championship, not necessarily both championships. So you could easily, and I've said this in the past, if they wanted to get one of those titles just to have a heavyweight title on separate brands again, which I don't necessarily care for. Like I'm completely fine with them just saying, look, there's one fucking title. Here's a new belt. You know what I mean? (laughs) Um, But if you're not going to do that and he's just going to carry around two fucking titles that you had an easy out. If you, if you wanted to do a cash in victory, they could have done that. They could have done it multiple times because they've had three-way matches with fucking Roman since he won that briefcase. So Roman doesn't even have to take a pin to lose his fucking title, right? Even on the cash yep. in, which we saw with Seth Rollins, which I thought was the route that they were going to go. And then they would just, ex- you know, they would have Paul Heyman come out and cut a promo and explain like, well, you won one of the belts. And then you could have Roman even win it back if you wanted to before Mania. Um, so I'm going to blame both Vince... <laughs> Vince in Triple H for not being very goddamn creative in this scenario because I think I came up with that on air in like three minutes. It wasn't. It wasn't like a huge. Uh, Even a huge if you shit. don't do that, do you know what I thought he should have done? And they hinted at it too. Austin Theory can't get the belt. He even said it within his promo, kind of like, "How the fuck am I gonna get to Roman?" Like he always is the bloodline. If not. I'm taken out by Brock Lesnar on one match, or I'm punched out by Tyson Theory over in the UK. Like, he hit those notes. So if you apply the same type of logic, like, he's got a lot against him. He came out, Chris, on the NXT building up to their takeover, or whatever the fuck it was, um, uh, Halloween Havoc. You had Halloween Havoc, the last segment, you have Ilya Dragunov, you have J.D. McDonough, and also Braun Breaker in the ring, just jawjacking, a fight breaks out, and Austin Theory lets it know, comes out and kind of goes, you know, eye to eye with Braun Breaker, like, I have this, I could take your belt if I wanted to. I would have had him fucking interrupt at the end of that match. If if if, if he's not going to go for the main title, instead of going for the U.S. title, take the NXT title from Braun. Braun gets fucked over. He doesn't even have to get pinned in this situation, you know, a la Seth you know, at WrestleMania um, years ago when he cashed in. And then he takes that to help out NXT a little bit. The champion is now can come up on Raw and SmackDown if he wants and like gloat and shit like that. Braun Breaker might chase after him. You expose Braun Breaker now to either the Raw audience or the SmackDown audience. I mean, and then you have them feud there because they're doing all this interaction shit. I thought that would have been a hell of a lot smarter, but I still don't mind where they're going at the same time because I think Austin Theory is good enough to really take the the ball and run with it. And I doubted him. And, you know, I thought for the longest time he was kind of, as being a young superstar that has everything, kind of like WWE's MJF, you know, potentially, like a big superstar in the future. And then he fell down. I think he's doing a good job getting up. I just thought they could have gone with the NXT title and done more with it if they wanted to cash in on a random fucking belt that's not the WWE World Championship or Universal. Well, I mean, I I could see why they wouldn't want him to be the NXT champion if they want him consistently on the show having good matches. That that would be my guess of why they didn't pull the trigger there. Maybe they just don't care that much about NXT at this point, which kind of seems that way. I mean, it's turned the corner a little bit, but you know, there's not a, a ton of effort. Not going much. On. But uh, to some extent, it makes 
this is why I don't like that there's two fucking heavyweight titles still, and it's not just one tight like one combined title. Because at that point, it would make sense that he's cashing in on the U.S. title, because it is on Raw. It's prevalent. It's the it's you know it's the title that he's most in reach of. Which we're not. I guess we're not even really talking about brand splits even more, even though they still exist technically. Um, then it would it, to me, it's elevating that title. So I think the idea was, look, he'll try to cash in, he'll fail. Let's repackage him, let's rebuild him, and then have him go after Seth, you know, leading into Mania or Rumble or whatever. And maybe that's when he gets his, you know, title win or whatever. And and at the same time, that's putting over the U.S. title to try to make it like your second belt. Because in the past, because they have two fucking world titles, the second belt is just a world title. And then you kind of have everything that's underneath it. Yeah. I, I feel like that's what they're trying to go for, but I do agree with you, man. I think that Roman should just put the belts together. Let's do one style belt. I think that they should do that with the tag belts too. And just like, let's go from there. And U.S. belt is obviously the raw belt. And even though you have the champion primarily on SmackDown, but he can go both places, but he's signed to SmackDown. Um, you know, SmackDown still has their champion in the Intercontinental champion who has a tournament right now, and it looks like it's going to be, which, I mean, it's going to be interesting for a match. Braun Strowman uh, is probably going to win it, I'm assuming, and then he has a match after he wins the World Cup to go against uh, Mr. Gunther uh, for the IC belt, which will be two big men slapping meat. I don't know. How, how did you like that, that match last night? I don't know how I felt about Gunther running away from Braun Strowman. I don't know if I liked that, Chris. I fucking hated it. I thought it was stupid. Like, let me ask you something. If you are Killer Kowalski, I, I, I compare a lot of times to um, to Gunther. And I've heard Jim Cornette say the same things. I don't think Jim, uh, like, if, if, if you put him with two French Canadians like they used to do back in the day as a villain team, and he's going against, I don't give a fuck if it's Andre the Giant. I don't think that, like, Killer Kowalski is going to fucking run like, he's scared from Andre. I, that was very ungunther like, like that's very weird to me. The problem is, is that his character doesn't cheat, right? So yeah. can't have him just wail. Cause in any other normal circumstance where even if they're a monster heel, they will eventually break the rules. But with Walter's character, that's not really the match is sacred. Yeah, so he doesn't really do that. But I also, why would he run? At some point, he would just take the ass whipping like Seamus, right? If if you're gonna do that. Um. So yes, no, I did not like him retreating. If even if they were gonna have him retreat, they should have had him sell some kind of injury beforehand. Dude, it looked so that, like a fucking Looney Tune. The and like they run, you know. <laughs> well, you know what I mean. Like if if earlier yeah. he got got hurt or something and he's like i'm gonna go back and lick my wounds and he would have a reason to retreat but for him just to fucking do the wwe bailout where i'm headed up the ramp kind of thing um yeah i fucking hated it there, there's better ways to book that all right so we talked about the, the the seth rollins match he obviously got screwed uh or finn balor got screwed a little bit by aj building up towards their match at survivor series seth is still a champion awesome match they have great chemistry like they always have uh, one thing I actually liked, this is comedy that worked for me, and it very much was reminiscent of why you would have fucking Bradshaw on it, 
<laughs> so they're doing a poker game. Weird. JBL's there, and he's with his new buddy, Baron Corbin, and they're sitting down. And for some reason, who ends up having a, a match that went two seconds and he got his ass kicked, Akira Tozawa, throughout the night, they look like they're about to have like a game and he doesn't know what he's doing. And throughout the night, it just reminded me of fucking Attitude Era shit. Like Akira has like sunglasses in the next video, huge smile. He has most of the money. Both the guys are like, they're taking off their jackets. They're pissed off and stuff like that. If you're going to keep on doing this, can we please get Ron Simmons involved in the segment or just something? I don't care if he's actually playing with them and we're really catering into the APA theme. Or if, like, they lose to someone like an Akira Tozawa and they're both lost all their money and then you see fucking Ron Simmons come up behind them and go, BAM! You know, I, I, I don't really... But it just... It made me chuckle. And sometimes both... WWE and AEW usually don't make me chuckle and I have to put them over when they do. So I actually like these segments. They kind of work for me. And Akira Tozawa is very entertaining. You know, it just sucks that he's kind of relegated to where he is. But that's that's his position, man. He's it's kind of like a modern Funaki or something like that. Just throw him into some random ass scenario, and he can he can do something, right, Chris? Yeah, it sucks because Akira Tozawa is a great wrestler. He um, is a great fucking wrestler, man. <laughs> which, that's so that that part of it's terrible. But yeah, I mean, like he's kind of he's like the he's like doing the Ron Simmons thing, right? Like throw me anywhere, I'll try to make it work the best I can. It'll probably be funny. So good for him for being able to adjust and take his role and run with it. Um, I mean, we kind of knew Akira Tozawa is not never going to be like a world fucking champion in WWF, like that or WWE. But did you like him sitting down playing poker and 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 screwing over uh, JBL and uh, Baron Corbin? Did you like any of the skits before I, he I got do. his ass kicked? I do, and I think they're going to continue this poker game between JBL and Baron Corbin. The reason I say this is the most over Corbin has been is when he lost all of his money. So I feel like the storyline is JBL is going to take all his fucking money again. Oh, and if, if we have that, sad. Shot, dude, I'll take JBL back in a match against Corbin. That'd be fun. But you also get sad, you get sad Corbin back, which was everyone's favorite, where he's like, I don't have any money. He's like trying to borrow money from Kevin Owens. It was a good gimmick they killed off way too soon. Yeah. It kind of just one off like, oh, he won all his money back in, in, uh, and what was it, Vegas? He won all his money back in Vegas. So, like, you know, you live by the sword, die by the sword. I think that's kind of fun tying it back. I think that's where they're going with the storyline. And I would be fine with him and JBL having a match. I mean, uh, well, if you're Corbin, that probably sucks for you because JBL's not wrestled in a while. He's going to try oh, to I, eat your off. Yeah, dude, I would not want to take a clothesline off a of fucking just coming back to the ring. <laughs> uh, JBL. <laughs> He already fucking took people's heads off back in the day when he knew what he was doing. Yeah, he, he that Stan Hansen mindset. Just lay that shit in, I guess. Um, At least he can see, unlike Stan Hansen. I do want to say this real quick, also relevant to the Austin Theory thing. Baron Corbin, after Theory lost on the cash and tweeted, Welcome to the club with me and at John Cena. And I laughed for like five minutes. I, was like, <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> Uh, hey man, we're Corbin fans. If you have a problem with that, we got two words for you, Baron Corbin. Anyways, um, all right. So there's one thing else I want to talk about from Raw. We did have a lot of progression with the damage control stuff. We'll talk about now the teams have set up uh, when we get to the end of it, um, and go over the actual pay per view. But the one thing, 
Matt Riddle has definitely, and I don't know if they're trying to go for this because Chad beats him uh, in this match. And I don't know. I just feel like you built Matt Riddle up so much. He was doing great with Randy Orton. He was being, you know, goofy, but you could still like pause that. And then I think the best moment for Matt Riddle, which, you know, went back to the fucking NXT Matt Riddle. He can be goofy, but he could also beat your fucking ass, bruh. You know, like that type of mentality. Like I'm a UFC fucking fighter uh, was him and Seth Rollins. And I thought they both got elevated from that whole entire feud. And I thought the back and forth did both of them good. And I think Seth actually got the push from that um, as far as fans reacting to him better. And then for some reason, they brought Matt Riddle back down to dumb, stupid bongos. You want to hit my bong? And him losing to Chad Gable was kind of like, a, like are they going to try to reinvent him? Because I feel like they had him where they needed him to be when he was going against Seth. His intensity was back. I think he he won the match, too, and then Seth ends up winning the U.S. belt and Matt Riddle's playing bongos and making comments about, I don't know, something flew out of his ass last time. I think it was rhinoceroses, unicorn rhinoceroses. So um, what the fuck's there? What are they doing with Matt Riddle, Chris? Being that they's tied in with Team Alpha, I'm assuming that they're going to do something with Randy Orton. I hope so. so- they're going to play, you know, he's going to take some losses to this team, which he's already lost to both of these guys anyways. So I don't know that it necessarily hurts Matt Riddle. But it does set up the storyline in which Randy Orton's like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? You just beat a former world champion in Seth Rollins. He, he, maybe he is the one that snaps Matt Riddle into a unhappy Matt Riddle state. Uh, as the Viper does. You know, so that when he comes back, he can beat Matt Riddle or something. You could set up that storyline because I think everyone still wants to see Matt Riddle versus Orton. So maybe they do something like that where Orton is kind of more of a manager. He's still recovering from his injury, as far as I know. I know he posted some pictures on Twitter from him in the hospital recently. So I don't know where he's at injury wise, but he could definitely come in as like, even if it's just vignettes of him trying to get. Matt Riddle in this killer mindset of the uh, the Viper mindset, so to speak. And you get more of like the King of Bros that you had in Evolve, which I think is what you're saying is maybe he yeah. needs a character change. I think that's a good way to get there. And then you can go to where the point he just fucking snaps on Orton, right? And then that sets up the Orton-Riddle match. Because you know when Orton comes back, he's going to be out-cheered over uh, – he's going to be out-cheered over Matt Riddle. He just is. Yep. Anytime Orton comes back, he's the big baby face. Regardless of where he's booked, when he comes back, the crowd's going to fucking pop for him. He's going to be a huge baby face. So if you can build that and set that up and they're trying to do that match at maybe Rumble or Mania, I, I think that they might be playing around with that a little bit. You just you made me feel a hell of a lot better about the situation because I'm hoping that Randy's all right. Him and him and Adam Cole, it seems like, are the two guys that you're kind of like, well, we haven't heard a lot about him, and that's that's not a good thing. Um, but if this is a situation, especially like you're presuming, like even if he's a little bit injured still, he could come out there, maybe kind of manage him or try to get him back to it. But I love the whole thing you just laid out. If that's what they're doing, because I thought they were going for like the King of Bros, like that NXT and also obviously Evolve style Matt Riddle you know, with him and Seth Rollins and they kind of turned it back again. If this is my, if, if this could be it, you know, Hey, the thing is 
beforehand when Vince was in charge, I hate to say this, I would say, no, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think that's the case. And I'm, you probably would have a different opinion, but with Hunter, yeah, that actually definitely makes a lot of sense. So let's see what happens. But, uh, thanks for making me, uh, not so worried about Matt Riddle, Chris. Appreciate that. Yeah. I think, I think he's going to be fine. I mean, triple H is the one that brought him in. He booked him heavily on NXT. I mean, he, He's more of a Triple H guy than a Vince. I was more worried about him when Vince was there than Hunter being in charge. Because Vince didn't like the guy at first. I think he eventually fucking grew on him, but he, he didn't like the entire gimmick of the King of Bros. So he has more cha- he has more of a chance here. <laughs> in yeah. fact, the only reason Matt Riddle is still in this company is because Randy Orton liked him and probably went to bat for him um, when they threw them in that random tag team. Yeah, Otherwise, because I'm- beforehand wasn't like Vince like he kind of reminds me of Shawn Michaels. Like, what? That? Yeah. I don't know. Fucking <laughs> weird guy, man. He, he has long blonde hair. HBK, obviously. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm not too worried about this because I think they're they are going to do something with uh, Orton now. When you brought up Adam Cole, I think their situations are very different. Orton just had a long recovery time on his injury, whereas Adam Cole getting can't get clear for fucking concussion protocol, man. That sucks. Yeah, Adam Adam Cole's kind of got what happened to Sidney Crosby, and I've brought this up in the past where he was basically, you know, Sidney Crosby was basically out for an entire year of his career with uh, con- basically just post-concussion syndrome, and Ugh. he was able to get better, but it doesn't always happen that way. So the Adam Cole stuff is, is more scary. Like, you can, you know, Muscles and things can be surgically repaired. You can change the style you, you work, et cetera, but you can't. There's no, I'm going to fix your brain real quick. No. Nope. Uh, and here's hoping, especially Adam, but also Randy and everyone else who's injured right now. The best. Big E, we miss you. Um, but, yeah, that's that's pretty much it for Raw. Uh, the only thing is, I mean, we went over all the good match they had. Shelton Benjamin and Dominic Mysterio had a good match. Shelton's a good person to go off of. Dominic is getting better and better. His, I'll say that his voice on the mic doesn't, how do I put this? It still seems forced, but he's getting the emotions better. He's getting his timing better. But the things he's doing really good is getting those little Eddie Guerrero mannerisms in there. And it's pissing off the fucking crowd. So, Dominic, good job with this whole entire thing, man. You're top. You're you're making yourself one of the biggest heels in WWE, which is fucking crazy. It's like Sammy uh, yeah, Zayn being one of the biggest baby faces. Uh, it's kind of Rhea Ripley's carrying him on his fu- or on her fucking shoulders, basically. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Rhea Ripley for being the fucking best right now. I'm excited for uh, now. One thing we didn't talk about is she joined Damage Control, so she's on their team for War Games. Yeah. Which is which is uh, which means whoever is facing them is fucking Dunzo. Um. <laughs> yeah, I got the War Games matches because that's why I didn't bring up um, what the hell Mia Yim joining Bianca Belair, Alexa Bliss. But that's gonna be a fun fucking match. Bianca, Alexa, Oscar, Mia Yim, and one other person that we don't know going against Bailey, Dakota Kai, Io Sky, Nikki Cross, and Rhea Ripley. Who's the woman? Is it Sasha Banks? I think everyone's going to fucking assume it's Sasha Banks. It's probably not going to be Sasha Banks. Maybe it's Carrie Zane. <laughs> I like that. I, I, I would love that idea. Um, I'm trying to think of like anyone that makes sense to throw. I mean, you could throw 
Becky's definitely not healed up. You could throw Charlotte in there, but it seems like she would want to be with the heels. Um, if she's ready. So it depends on what you're doing with Charlotte. Cause if she's just in this as a one-off match, they already are kind of setting up, you know, on SmackDown, at least they've been setting up uh, Rhonda and her friend. So maybe she is positioned more as a good guy at this point. Baszler. Yeah, that could be a good point. I don't know that that's going to be a fun one, man. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you would just have to think it's either Sasha or Charlotte, uh, unless they do something crazy, which I would be fucking completely down with them doing something free, crazy and bringing in Kerry Hojo. That'd be amazing. Dude, that would be awesome. Um, I'm, I would love to see Kerry Singh, Kerry Hojo, just come back to somewhere so we can see her again. Uh, let's go over. We'll just go over these matches because only a couple of them announced for not this weekend, obviously, but next weekend Survivor Series. We just talked about it. So, like I said, Bianca, Alexa, Oscar. Mia Yim and someone to be determined going against Damage Control. Nikki Cross and Rhea Ripley. That should be fun. Another big match on this men's war game match. <laughs> and we're about to talk about SmackDown, so we'll definitely include this. But Roman Reigns, Solo Sokoa, Sami Zayn, and Jane Jimmy Uso is going against the Brawling Brutes, Sheamus, Ridge Holland, and Butch with Drew McIntyre and Kevin motherfucking Owens joins the fight and putting him right back at odds with Sammy p- pivoting him back into the story. This is going to be a violent, I want people bleeding mother. Like, I don't care. Like this, this is triple H. I want fucking, if you guys scrape their motherfucking head on the damn chain link, people should be bleeding in this match a lot. Chris. <laughs> yes. Uh, I guess I'm just going to that ending talk- last night was awesome. I was like, ah, I popped when Kevin Owens came out. Now, I will say when he started actually fighting Sammy, the crowd was clearly on Sammy's side. Yeah. Sam just super fucking over. But I popped when Kevin came out. And uh, I love he's doing the actual fucking mud hole stomp now, the stone cold mud, mud hole stomp. And I liked the reversal from the spear with the knee to the face and then the, the kick to the stomach and stunner. I thought that was cool. Roman did like a cell I have never seen on the stunner. It made me laugh a little bit, but it was good. <laughs> uh, and I will say that match, even leading up to that between Pete Dunn and Sami Zayn, can we get a clean one of those with no bullshit? Yeah. As far no as shit. Holy shit, they were killing it up until the finish. And Sami Zayn's the one who got fucked over. He got fucked over by Jay, which continues that storyline. Um, so I'm assuming that is going to be the breakdown so that your good guys walk out of war games. It's going to be Sammy and Jay. Uh, I could also, just because it's out there in the news, if they continue the Bloodline storyline all the way out to WrestleMania... Do you do Sammy and Solo Sokoa versus Austin and Kevin Owens? Since they're teasing that Austin might have one more match. I was, hey, I would take that. I was thinking that this might, God, the rumors for fucking WrestleMania, I mean, none of them are probably going to happen, but I saw fucking how jacked Austin is. He looks, for some reason, like, you know, and apparently he's been keeping himself in ring shape, so I don't know, but I, I thought it was, He's going to call out Kevin Owens and they're going to have a second match or something like that at WrestleMania. But he's going to put Kevin over, probably not do a third one, but keep that lingering hope that maybe we'd have a rubber match, but put over KO because I could see Austin doing that. But 
Dude, I know. It's fucking crazy. Another one of the rumored ones, I don't know if it got fucked up because of uh, you know, him getting hurt, which it's actually much more minor. He didn't fuck up his uh whatever if, if it's the ACL or the MCL, the one that's my, more minor. He fucked up his MCL and his meniscus, but it wasn't a full ACL tear, so he'll be out for a couple months. But Logan Paul and John Cena, did you hear about that rumored one? I did. Um it looks like they're not putting their eggs all in one basket, which is what I was worried about when they were just like, it's the rockin'. So it seems like they're trying to make this a, a big one. If uh, if Logan Paul's going to be good by Mania, I'm assuming he's going to be on that card as their celebrity guy. Anyway. And hit him versus Cena, who is now the wrestler who became a celebrity. <laughs> the, the peacemaker himself. He comes out in his fucking peacemaker gear. Oh, yeah, dude. That would be great. He had to have, like, something. <laughs> God, and then if you have a pay-per-view where Austin might be on it, Cena might be on it, and The Rock, potentially, besides all the guys, uh, Roman, you know, Seth, this new Logan Paul, Cody, I want Cody and Seth to have another match, personally, if Cody's ready by then. I think that would be a great thing, too, but Kevin Owens and, and, and Steve Austin again, that would be great. Fuck yeah, man. Yeah, and the reason I, I teased the tag match thing. I think I got a chub now, man. The reason I tease, tease the tag match thing is because it makes a lot of sense. You can have Stone Cold and The Rock interact if The Rock is going to be there. You don't have to have Stone Cold actually try to have a match. You can kind of hide some of the ring rust a little bit and not have him taking a bunch of bumps out here if he's in a tag match. Because that's what I yeah. thought they were going to do originally yeah. last year for Mania. Um, so I could see them doing something like that, but... Yeah, hey, but there's Maybe. a part of me that thinks that there could be Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn for some reason going against the Usos for the tag belts because of whatever happens throughout the course of storyline from now and then, which is a good option. Um, so who knows, man? But this is going to be a cool. This is going to be a big WrestleMania. I think Triple H's first uh, Mania. He's going to think big. I think with the Austin rumors and the Cena rumors, it pretty much means that Rock is going to be on one night of yep. Mania. And He's they need not going to balance it out. So you need another big star for the other night. Because this is exactly what I was saying headed into Mania last year. I was like, do you know how pissed you would be if you bought a Mania ticket? They don't tell you when Austin's going to be there and you fucking are on. You're on the other show where Austin's not on it. Yep. Nope. That makes sense, yeah. man. And honestly, like, I don't know. Like, part of me, it's like, why not? Why not finally do Cena and Austin? Well, I'll tell I mean, you why. Stone Cold don't want to work that match. Stone no, Cold, brother. Stone Cold wrestles who Stone Cold wants to wrestle. Yeah. No, it would it, it would probably be KO again. But I mean, if that's the case, I'm fucking down for that. I've always wanted to see the Viper and the uh the Viper and the Rattlesnake have a match, so Yeah. I fun. mean I I want to see him and Sammy in the ring together, so I'm kind of hoping it's that tag team match. <laughs> you, you, you really, you just want that dichotomy of like Sammy and Austin, like looking back and forth, like Sammy, like yeah, hit me, come on. <laughs> Sammy Zayn is this weird hockey goon idiot right now. Is the best thing going in wrestling. It's fucking. No, incredible. I love him. I fucking love him. He's great. Um, all right. So besides those two things, which are going to be both amazing. Uh, for the two war games, we got Ronda Rousey and Shotzi. I love Shotzi, but 
Gav or lose a bunch of times and try to rebuild her and then like make me think that, you know, Rhonda's gonna lose to her if she has any chance. I know we're getting to somehow the friendship gets fucked up and Ronda Rousey is now going against Shayna Baszler, like you were saying, but uh, I love Shotzi. I just I think she needs to be rebuilt and this just means like she's gonna lose a uh, championship match opportunity again. So I'm not gonna lie, I forgot this match was even booked. <laughs> Um, just because it doesn't make any sense, but uh, that maybe this is where Charlotte returns instead of yeah. her being a famous match. So maybe you get both Sasha and Charlotte. I think that would make a little sense if they do something like that. Oh yeah, that would kick it, kick things up, and then you have like a three-way quarrel at least on SmackDown, but not Liv Morgan, guys. I'm not about to say that. Sorry about that. Anyways. Um, <laughs> I'm such a troll. <laughs> Anyways, we're champions Ronda Rousey. Her friend is Shayna Baszler, the Queen of Diamonds, whatever the fuck her name is, and Charlotte. And it's kind of like between the three of them. Or Charlotte uses this as an opportunity to fuck over their friendship and pit the two of them against each other with normal Charlotte tactics. I, I like it. I like it. I hope so. Yeah, Charlotte. In the meantime, I will work with you, Shotzi. But it is for the the greater, well, my greater good. I'm not going to say yeah. that. <laughs> Charlotte's more uh, Lex Luthor than fucking Superman, man. For sure. <laughs> For sure. All right, and then the last one. This is going to be a good match, man. Uh, because their, their Raw match have been great. Uh, the, the impromptu match that they had in that one weird pay-per-view where it was a ladder match between the Demon Finn Balor and AJ Styles. You got AJ Styles uh, with the OC in his corner and Mia Yim will be in that match uh, earlier going against Finn Balor with Judgment Day um, in his corner singles match I mean it's Finn Balor versus AJ Styles this should be a fucking excellent match I don't know what else to say maybe Edge shows up I don't fucking know what is the tie-in with Mia Yim in the club I don't know man honestly did, but did I miss this did one of them train her is there some kind of other tie-in other than like I the think they're in Japan and they put an Asian with them. <laughs> yeah, that's that seems like the main reason why they're doing it. Um, uh, let me see. You keep on talking. I'm going to look this up because I've been wondering this, too. Because I don't remember them even really developing any storyline in which she would be mad at Rhea Ripley unless you're going all the way back to like NXT. Well, or like why AJ she... Styles work oh. with her in Impact at all? I don't think so. I think he was gone by then. He would have been in Japan by the time she was there. I mean, she's a, she has a good look to be a part of this group better than most. But yeah, I, I was like, huh. Like, I didn't get it. Maybe Anderson Gallows? I don't know. Well, that, that's what I'm kidding at is I just don't know. And there's nothing against Mia Yim, and she's fine in this position that she's put it in. It just doesn't make a lot of fucking sense. That's I just don't understand how they got there. So I didn't know if they had like some kind of previous relationship in Ring of Honor or Impact or crossed over somewhere in Japan or they, one of them trained her or something. Like They haven't told us why, <laughs> why the fuck she's there. I mean, she's there because they need another female to be there to even out the groups, but uh, if you yeah, bring man, I have no idea. Person in the club, like, like, did the some... Bullet Club ever have any female members? Not that I'm aware of, but wouldn't it have made sense to put like Bea Priestley with them? 
Yeah, kind of. And I mean, they have her. Blair Blair Davenport. Yeah. With the members of the Bullet Club. I'm I'm looking at this right now. Carl Anderson's hot Asian wife he always talks about. Yeah, (laughs) that's not his hot Asian wife. That is Keith Lee's hot Malaysian wife. Yeah, so, you better <laughs> yeah. get that right, motherfucker. No, no, I'm saying maybe it's just they should just. No, 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 I'm, I'm not talking to you. I'm not talking to you. <laughs> Don't beat us up, Keithley, please. <laughs> I think he would think that was funny. He seems like he has a good personality. I believe that you guys sounded very. I can't do that. He sounds like Fraser Crane. Um... <laughs> he does kind of. I never thought about that, but he fucking does. Maybe that'll be his new gimmick. He'll come out with a little dog. I love that Stephen Amell is listed as a member of the Bullet Club. Yeah, I don't even think they had a female member. I mean, like I said, if you if you kind of like gave me the option to figure out what female wrestler could be associated with Bullet Club, I, I would think that the look Mia Yim kind of stacks up, but it is kind of fucking random. I will I will give you that. I've thought that the whole entire time myself. Yeah, I I would just I guess it's a good way to give me a Yim a run if they're going to do something with her in the future. So if they're just doing it because of that, but, and I will yell about this with AEW same way as I do WWE. Tell us why, like, you know, have Rhea Ripley just beat the shit out of her for no reason. And you're like, okay, well then now it makes sense why she's out here. That's yeah. why I was asking. I just, did I miss, did I miss something? But I don't remember like any recent re like, any recent interactions between her and Mia Yim? I know there was some in NXT with Rhea and, and Mia, but Rhea and Mia. Uh, Rhea but, and Mia. But it's like a Tony. Uh, never mind. <laughs> Mama Rhea. Uh, <laughs> Tony Bennett. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, I don't have any self control. I'm gonna mute uh, myself. But uh, <clears throat> let me uh, let, let let's actually keep on continuing with um, SmackDown a little bit. Finish up some of the stuff. I just like this whole entire narrative. It seems like it's changing now. Before it was definitely Jay that was the problem. Jimmy was even annoyed by him. Roman was getting annoyed by him. You know, and and Sammy, who's fucking over like Rover, like we said, he was the one that was like, you know. They were in his corner, and now it kind of seems like it's flipping the opposite way. Um, because so this happens with the Braun Brutes, Drew McIntyre say they're going to announce their next person. We would find out it's Kevin Owens by the fight that we talked about, and they're all just you know, making those noises back and forth. <laughs> God damn it. Sorry for any of these Scottish or Irish people that listen to us. I'm just a bumbling dumbass. But um, Sammy comes up and basically says, like, you know. We're going to beat you and blah, blah, blah. And Jay's like, what the fuck are you talking us up for, man? Let us talk us up. Like, you know, you know, you shouldn't be doing this. And Jimmy actually takes Jay's side. So I thought it was weird. Sammy is confident that they're going to win. And, you know, they get mad at him for having that attitude. Including Jimmy, who much more was like, you guys need to fucking fix your shit. Like, I'm not kind, cool, collective Jimmy Uso anymore. Like, I'm getting annoyed of you two, especially you, Sammy. What did you think about that, Chris? Yeah, it was a bit weird. I mean, I don't, I think the problem is they don't know when they want to pull the trigger on that being a full fledged feud, right? 
So we're going to have continuation of this just being long and drawn out. But I don't have a problem with it because at least it's long-term storybooking. I, I hope we're, I, I would assume we're eventually going to get a payoff for it. But uh, Vignette itself was fine. And does this lead, th- this is the thing, does it lead to Sammy in someone versus the Usos? Or does it just lead to the breakup of the bloodline and the Usos, you know, versus each other? I don't know. I feel like brothers are going to stick together no matter what, but I could be wrong. Jay was pissing all of them off for a while. It just seems like it's really more. It th- There is a good possibility, and I don't know when the hell they would do the, you know, put the titles on someone else, where we could just have Jay and Sammy have a big match, maybe, if not at Mania, at a Rumble or something, because it gets to that point. Like, you know, we need to handle it. And then maybe if there is some... Some, uh, you know, bloodline taking one person over the other. It's whoever wins, you know, whether it be Jay or Sammy and the other one gets ousted from the group or something. I don't know. If they if they really want to turn up the heat on this, uh, you could have Jay get hurt in this War Games match and then have Sammy be the fillin' to carry like the belt that. so they can retain it. And then when Jay comes back, he's like, okay, we don't need your services anymore. And Jimmy's like, hey, wait, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> and then that sets up the feed. I don't know if they would. That's very old. That's a very old school thing to do. But uh, Triple H can be an old school guy sometimes. That, I, to me, well, that would be fun, very entertaining. What, well, you, you're, you're proposing Jay and Sammy together, right? What if it's Jay gets hurt and it's Jimmy and Sammy and Jay wants to come back in and Sammy's like, they're like, no, no, Sammy's doing good. Like that would kind of, I think it works either way. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I <laughs> you, like know what, it. you know what I mean? I, and we're going to, we got to keep this streak running as tag champions. I, I think that works, works either way. And then you could still set up the, the match I was talking about with Austin and uh, Kevin Owens. If you wanted to, God damn kid. Uh, I think that there's a lot of good stuff. That, that's the thing is Paul Heyman has single-handedly built this fucking storyline around the bloodline for almost is it like two and a half years now. It's 800 and something days with Roman as champion. And there's been so many branching stories off this thing. It's, it's kind of impressive. It's awesome. All right. Um, so we had some good matches. We talked about the quarter quarterfinals. Um, I, I really believe Braun's going to win it. I think he's going to beat Ricochet, and then I'll look over the, what they have later on. But we had some good matches because of it. Ricochet and Mustafa Ali, we even had this whole entire thing where Ricochet's like, look, like Bobby Lashley destroyed you. Like, I don't want to take you on like this. And, you know, I, I'll just say this about Mustafa Ali. Ricochet is, is getting more over again. They, he's had a bunch of wins. With this match, I think he's getting better on the mic. When he had the little promo off with uh, Braun at the end of his match, he had a lot of confidence for looking right at this big, sweaty fucking monster. So with Mustafa Ali, though, I like Mustafa Ali. Um, Triple H is doing everything for this kid, I feel like. So it's now up to him, and I understand where they're going with it. Like, you know, he's going to be chopped a bunch to get back up, and, like, he won't ever stop, like, this Rocky type of concept. He even looked more like a boxer tonight dressed. Um, I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but they had a great match is what I'm trying to say. And I hope Mustafa Ali can get himself to the next point. 
and it's a little bit in in, in the uh, in the person that's creating it. And I know that he's been dealt a lot of shit hands, uh, especially with Vince running things. Let's not even talk about you know what the fuck was the regression, whatever the fuck the name of the group is during the pandemic that he had a lead. But Jay now Bar. it's his. Yes, it's it's up to him, man. Um, he can't basically. I I can't see a complaint later on if this doesn't work out from Mustafa Ali saying, damn it, no one will give me a chance because, like, literally, I feel like Hunter's giving him every fucking chance in the world to get over. So it's the ball's in his court. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you on that. And I think um, they've done a... I like this Muay Thai gear way better than the fucking Power Ranger jumpsuit shit. And yes. I think the only reason they did it was to show off that he had injured ribs because otherwise it would look weird. <laughs> but hopefully he sticks with it. And it seems like the crowd actually got behind him during this match. They did. Uh, the finish of that match sucked. Because it basically meant, like, the way they did the shooting star press, while it looked impressive, it 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 looked phony, as Jim Cornette would say. Because you had to have fucking uh, him jump up in the air to catch him. Yep. Just like, why the fuck would he do that? So that, that looks stupid, but the rest of the match was really great. And um, yeah, I think if he rocks this look kind of comes out with a different demeanor that that's the start of a new character. And, and like you said, triple H is trying to help the guy hopefully. And his booking has been a lot better than it was before. At least he's not on main events. So here's hoping they do something with him. And Ricochet has been looking good, man. He's he's gaining wins. He's moving on to the semifinals in this tournament against Braun Strowman, who's gonna fucking murder him. But um, you know, I, I feel like he's getting a lot more confidence. And I'm I'm assuming it also has to do with Hunter being in charge, who really liked him in NXT. Well, who's Braun also feuding with at the same time? Because I think this might be one of your classic WWE <laughs> fucker views. Well, the whole thing is like I don't know if you're referring to like Braun's comments outside of this, but I, I was happy that Ricochet was like, you know, I'm just one of those flippy flip guys. So you don't really like look anything into me. He's like, your words, not mine. Like Braun, like smiled and like, you know, gave him like a, <laughs> yeah, whatever kid. Um, but Ricochet bringing that up and being like, I'm going to prove you wrong. You, you think that someone my size is able to do it, which he's not, he's going to fucking lose. But I like that Moxie uh, from Ricochet. But as far as Braun and another feud with, I think we're going to get to a feud with him in, uh, I don't, I basically see Braun taking the whole tournament and going against fucking Gunther, like I said, for the IC title. I don't see anyone beating him in this tournament. Well, that's, that's what I was getting at. Cause he backed Gunther down, right? So does Gunther and his goons just fuck this matchup for Braun and we just go straight to that. Oh, screw over him. Ricochet moves on in the tournament. That would be interesting. Cause then you can eventually get back to Braun and, him, but you can also have Ricochet excel throughout the tournament. Shit, you could have Braun then cause the icy belt against Ricochet with fucking Walter, and then them go at it and just have a feud. Right. This just seems like a classic setup for some WWE fuckery. Probably that 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 would make sense. But maybe we're looking at it too much in an old perspective. So I don't fucking know. It's it's craziness. I mean, unless they're just gonna keep you know, have Braun win every match up until he goes against Walter, which uh, I don't know that I really care about another undefeated streak right now, personally, unless it's hooks. Yeah. 
<laughs> I think the only thing that left to talk about, you know, uh, this is interesting. And apparently this is a uh, Bray's uh, decision of who he wanted to work with. But now they're setting up him and L.A. Knight. We had last week, you know, Bray was doing one of his. No, I, I don't know if it was Bray or if it was L.A. Knight. No, no, L.A. Knight was doing his promo, and I think he said something about Bray Wyatt, and Bray Wyatt kind of came in the frame here. I think he already had a promo, or maybe he hadn't been on the show at all, and he just smiled at him and gave him a headbutt and knocked him on his ass, and by the time that L.A. Knight got to his feet, he was, like, pissed, but Bray was already gone. So we come to this time, Bray is about to, like, make some comment about same type of shit probably, and L.A. Knight cuts him off and comes out, you know, is wanting to talk about what happened the week before, how he gave him a cheap shot, and then gets right up to him, slaps him right in the fucking face, and is like, hey, we're even, man. Kind of backs out a little bit like he's he has that classic heel in him so well. Uh, no wonder he was p- paired with fucking Ted DiBiase in NXT. But he's he's leaving it, and then he's, he's talking Bray down. He's like, hey, man, that was nothing personal. You know, you fucking did it first. He's like, now we're cool whatever and Bray Wyatt's like you know I want to like basically I want to murder you right now and he gets him to get on the apron they get face to face and fucking what you call it slaps the shit out of Bray again and Bray's just like wow and like then he hightails it out of there and then we see LA Knight leaving the place and he's talking to Mackenzie Mitchell and just talking a bunch of shit about Bray Wyatt she's like why are you going so fast and he opens up the door to outside, and you can only see the the mask that Bray Wyatt wears out there. And we come back, and he's covered with, like, a bunch of fucking objects and metal and bleeding from his head. And uh, I'm interested in all this. This is not where I think that Bray Wyatt would go first. But I think part of it makes me think, like, you know, him rambling on and stuff like that. Like, Bray Wyatt's going to be, like, the Raven or, or, or various people that say a lot of shit. But, like, where the fuck are they going? And so L.A. Knight is this cocky individual, the exact opposite, trying to get further up and being able to, you know, interact with one of the bigger players with Bray Wyatt. And I think that this could be a fun feud. Uh, This is something I did not think Bray would go into. I thought we were going to get more spooky shit, and I was kind of worried about that. And now it seems like we're taking a step back. We're putting him against someone that's different than him on the mic, that's different than him in the ring. And I think they could elevate each other. But I don't know. I also, in the pit of my stomach, think that something could fuck up, too. So what do you think, Chris? What do you think about this uh, setup, if you will? So I actually loved Bray's promo. Um, I thought this is one of the better Bray White promos I've ever heard because it was intelligible. He was talking about his past, how he's he's not really that same guy, what he what he's there to do. Like he had a clear set objective that he was getting into. I liked the the feud back back and forth with him and uh, Eli it's Eli Drake. I don't remember whatever the fuck his gimmick name is right now. Um, <laughs> L.A. Knight. <laughs> I feel you though. Uh, and they had a great back and forth. Then they immediately killed it for me. And the only way they're going to redeem this is like where he just ends up with a bunch of stuff laying on top of him. And I I I was like, see, that's I thought we we're going to get a different Bray Wyatt, but they could solve this by there being like an imposter. Hmm. So the whole rumors are Bo Dallas being this fucking other, whatever the hell, um, uncle, uncle howdy. Is that it? Uncle howdy. I mean, it really looks like it looked it, the fucking mask is weird. Jim Cornette said that it looks like they took his uncle Barry Wyndham 
like cut off his fucking face and Leatherface style put it on your head. That's what Uncle Howdy's face looks like. <laughs> right, and maybe and maybe that is the case is that Bray is not in control of these people that are surrounding him. You know what I mean? And Bray is like really out here fighting for the good. If they're gonna if they're telling that story, I'm more into it. If if Bray is just able to transport, like teleport outside and drop fucking metal objects on people again, I'm completely out, even though I thought this promo and setup, which I think was fine on its own without all the extracurricular shit to set up a match. Um, yeah. I'm probably back out. <laughs> I will say yeah, him and Ian I mean, make similar working style, so that would probably be a good big match for for Bray coming back in. As like a first pay-per-view match, that's not a bad one to go to because I think they'll be able to work well together. Yeah, I, I'm I'm still interested. The backstage stuff, it does come off kind of wonky, but again, I mean, I guess if 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 I'm trying to make sense of something that doesn't make sense, um, the whole mask when he puts it on, that's where he goes to that aggressive level that he doesn't want to go to anymore. So what we didn't see wasn't anything magical. It was just him beating the living fuck out of him, bringing him in and throwing a bunch of shit on top of him and leaving, for, leaving him for dead. So the best way, if I were to counter that would be Eli Drake, head full of steam. Like you fucking did this from behind sort of shit and go right after Bray Wyatt and beat the living shit out of him, you know, and fucking, hurt his ass to make it look like he left him dead. You know, you got to even it out because yeah, that becomes not really Kane-ish. It becomes like poltergeist and I don't want to fucking that stupid shit at all. It's, it's very much to me exactly what the American dragon said when it comes to him putting on a mask and becoming something different. That's just Bray Wyatt and him fucking mask. (laughs) So, yep. uh, Yep. at this point, because they fucked, if they didn't fuck with the character at all and didn't give him the stupid red light gimmick and didn't have such a bad booking for, for the fiend, maybe I would care more about this. The problem is, is I don't. So if, if they're bringing in like an imposter character, like a copycat, um, where Bray is getting accused of these things and he's trying to be a good guy and overcome these demons that he has in his past or whatever, which is kind of what the promo was. Yep. That's a little more intriguing. Because that's very similar to Kane versus The Undertaker to some extent, where The Undertaker has been hiding this dark past of his parents getting, you know, him actually killing parents. The idea of Bo Dallas coming back in the picture and basically trying to frame and just completely derail, derail his brother with this evil version of himself. It's it's interesting. It's definitely interesting. Uh, we'll have to see. But that being but- said- I have no insider knowledge on that. That's just where I would go with this, just because I don't want to see the other side of this, which is just Bray Wyatt is fucking a various version of the fiend that can teleport and drop heavy objects on people again. Because that's yeah. just no. as fuck. No, I agree. All right. Well, let's. Um, I already went over Survivor Series. Let's get into AEW, gearing up for us, to, uh, finishing out with full gear. Uh, very good show. We started off with Claudio Casanelli and Brian Danielson going against Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara. This is really more so, this is the four-way for the Ring of Honor title. The match was good, Chris. I really liked it. Like I said, I don't know. I'm, I'm fucking, Sammy scares the shit out of me, especially in that match with Brian Danielson, where he fucking threw the damn chair at his head. But what are you going to do? Um... 
These four are going to kick the living shit out of each other. But was it weird that, you know, to the sharpshooter, after having, I think it was Danielson, so long in the walls of Jericho without him tapping? No, it was Cesaro. It was Cesaro. And Cesaro turning it around and fucking getting him the sharpshooter. That was kind of weird to me, but does that make you think, more so by WWE math, that Jericho is definitely going to be the one winning? Um, How did you like the match? This was a damn good match, by the way. Um, But, like, who do you think is going to win this whole entire thing uh, tonight? Tony Khan's recent booking makes me nervous that they're going to do some finish where Brian Danielson and Claudio is taking it out. It's left Chris Jericho and Sammy in the ring, and Sammy just takes a pin for Chris. As far as his recent booking, so it makes me really worried. Like, I think this will be a really good match, but I think the finish is going to fucking suck. I think they're really going to overthink this thing. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm worried about as well. Because I don't think they're like, going to have Jericho. If, if I could see anyone pulling a Hollywood Hogan pin job thing, it's definitely Jericho. So, And I don't know that it'll necessarily, it necessarily has to be that. You could just have Sammy leave the match, I guess. Well, I guess technically he couldn't get disqualified. Um, <laughs> that, yeah, but you know what people will really be pissed about? If, Sammy, if, that, if they take each other out, you know, Claudio and Brian, and it's down to to Chris and Sammy, and Sammy actually wins. I think right. that will that would be a fucking boo fest from forever. And now Sammy is your Ring of Honor champion. I wouldn't have done this fucking match in general. Why isn't this just Jericho and Brian Danielson for the title? Whoever wins I wins. I don't know because I mean the only other outlet they have for this is that Brian Danielson. Uh, really fucking goes full batshit crazy heel and gets kicked out of the Blackpool Combat Club or joins Jericho. Becomes a sports entertainer. Ugh. That, Wait, that didn't he be. do that once? I think he had to switch his name, though. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Maybe they do that. But either way, I, I wouldn't have done I wouldn't have done this match. I probably would have just done Jericho versus brian danielson it would have that would have been fine you know danielson did come out of the heel tunnel so who knows yeah but does that mean that he's leaving blackpool combat club or does that mean that he's gonna join jericho's group i mean i guess technically that it's both but does that mean he's going out on his own he's gonna fuck over these guys or does it mean that he's actually gonna join jericho and end up screwing over claudio at some point in this match like what is what does that entail it's interesting. Uh, I also liked uh, how Ian Riccoboni was on commentary, and finally Taz made the 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 call that I was thinking because like all of them kept on like nipping at Taz, the heel commentator. They're all all three of them are play by play in some form, you know, or have no been known for that, and also been the babyface commentator. So finally he's like, I got three freaking play by play guys over here. What the hell? You know, he started like giving both Tony and and Ian some shit. Uh, I always find it funny when Tony and uh, Taz go back and forth. It's a, uh, it's good stuff, good stuff. But yeah, Taz. Every time I hear Taz on Botchamania, it almost makes me want to watch those YouTube AEW shows. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. 
Uh, well, yeah, because like a lot of times they just zone out and they just like start joking about random shit. Him and Excalibur, they like forget about the match. It seems like it's like uh, us uh, <laughs> us doing that live recap the other day. <laughs> yeah, basically. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're watching something we're supposed to be talking about. Whoopsie. Um, how did you like the uh, the acclaimed uh, music video? How did I get to talk about Jay Leno, man? I mean, lost his face for Christ's sake. Jesus. Oh, yeah, he did recently get, like, a weird gas fire in his car garage or whatever. Yeah, they had right? skin grafts to his face from his butt cheeks or something. Oh, that sucks, dude. That guy's car collection's ridiculous. Uh, good wishes to Jay Leno. I forgot about that. That's that's insane. Um, but, yeah, they, I think the, the, the comment was, we're going to burn you like Jay Leno's face. Uh, that's pretty <laughs> funny. I probably wouldn't have went there. That's like... Hey man, I mean they they do that. It's the acclaim. Uh, listen, yeah, that's, like, that's a little different than making fun of someone, making fun of something political or something that you don't agree with in the media. Like actually talking about someone accidentally getting like set on fire is a little. I, I don't know. Whatever, it doesn't matter. He gives a shit. Isn't one of isn't Anthony Bowens injured though? So I don't know how they're gonna do this match. Are they gonna sub it with the gun? I well. I kind of figured that the the because throughout the match he was beating the shit out of his um what was his like his his elbow or something like that he kept on working on it right With swerve yeah he did it, when he did the swerve stomp he did it to, so I I think that that's just um they're building that up for the match I could be wrong um but I think it might be where badass Billy Gunn finally gets his hands on swerve that whole match we'll talk about later. I don't know what the fuck's going on with that. Um, it should be a good match. I'm just confused. But, yeah, uh, good music video, really funny, good match. Anthony Bowens, great wrestler. Swear Strickland's one of the best in his company. Um, so they had an awesome match, and now we're going to have that tag match tonight. But they beat the – he really went to town um, on the sp- whatever spot was, the elbow, the shoulder of Anthony Bowen. And made it a point to like try to hurt it before uh, the guys could get there. And noticed that his tag partner doesn't want anything to do with any of this part of Swerve Strickland. So we still have that. The fact that Keith Lee doesn't want to go heel, basically. Will that change if they get to win the championships uh, tonight? I don't know. Yeah, so I just know that Fightful reported that they had gotten word that Bowens may have actually aggravated his shoulder. But couldn't say for sure. Whatever. Um, and there's several articles out there talking about it. I haven't heard that he's legitimately injured, but then again, they're not going to put that out there. I would assume if that's the case, Billy Gunn is just subbed into the match. Yeah. Yeah. Freebird of it. Fuck it. <laughs> they're, um, they're just the new day of AEW basically, which is kind of funny because they kind of are just the new day of AEW. Yeah. If you think about the way that they got over such a bad gimmick, um, <laughs> they are kind of the new day of AEW. I, I never thought about it until just now, but that's a, uh, I think that would be a good comparison, especially if they start doing fucking Freebird rules. Which would be cool to me. Samoa Joe is going to be one of the scariest dudes ever, still. Um, like... We like us fans obviously know wrestling, you know, but the the wrestlers and the the, the performers themselves, i.e., Tony Schiavone, also know it too. 
But still, Tony Schiavone looked like he was scared for his fucking life when Samoa Joe was getting very Samoa Joe-ish about uh, his aggravation towards Wardlow. And yeah, I did fucking beat the crap out of him. And, you know, then we have basically Powerhouse Hobbs come out. He starts talking shit to Joe. And then Wardlow out of nowhere jumps out of the audience, starts beating the crap out of Joe. Then the fucking locker room comes out. He's trying to keep these three men. I felt bad for, for Powerhouse Hobbs. He didn't have as much people as the other two. There was like 11, 12 people, four people holding back Hobbs. You need more. It's got to be even, damn it. They got to all look like monsters. But I would not want to be any of those motherfuckers because they're, they're just fucking crazy. So finally, all of them are out except for Wardlow. And of course, yeah, that means Wardlow is going to do a Topi Kanhiro over the goddamn top ropes. Onto everyone, knocking everyone out like pins, and yeah, this is going to be the match. I wish that both TV titles were on the line, Chris. I thought just might as well just like you know do something like that, since we don't need all these belts on all these various people. But Samoa Joe, fucking powerhouse Hobbs, Wardlow for the TNT belt. Uh, we'll get into predictions when we get into predictions at the end of it. Uh, what do you think about this segment? I love the Joe promo. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm excited for it. It was a cool setup. The Joe promo was great though. I mean, it's just Samoa Joe is like the king of getting super intense, at least in modern wrestling. He legitimately, I mean, if I was Tony Schiavone, I'd be scared too. Cause Joe kind of goes to this weird place where he looks like an angry drunk dad or something. His <laughs> eye know. twitches. <laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> this man, uh, looks incredibly insane. You know what it reminds me of? Did you ever watch Daria, man? Oh, yeah, yeah, the... The, uh... the teacher, the teacher, when he would get mad, his eyes would pop out of his head a little bit. Yeah, same thing. It's just kind of a throwback to um, the gym teacher in Beavis and Butthead, right? And the principal for Yeah, Beavis technically. Uh, yeah, very much of that. When Joe starts talking about, like, murdering people, you honestly believe him. You're like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> if they ever, if That's they ever why do, they like, say Joe is going to kill you. Yeah, if they ever put Joe and LAX together, people should be very fearful for their lives. Uh, In okay. storyline, because they're all safe workers, so you'd be fine. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I, I, this is an exciting match. I, I don't. I to me, Wardlow has to lose here. Yeah, I think so too, man. And I would honestly, and this is going to sound crazy, because that means that probably in the scenario, Joe might be taking the pin, but he still has a belt. Maybe Joe gets the pin and Powerhouse Hobbs becomes the new TNT champion and Wardlow starts working himself away from the, you know, the to, to, to the world heavyweight title, basically, because it's not it's, not it's around. That. It's around. It's going to be around, in my opinion, MJF's waist. I don't know if that's going to happen or not. So Wardlow going for that makes a lot of sense eventually. It's that, but they're also trying to flesh Wardlow out as more of a wrestler, and they ha- they have to shed the undefeated streak, or he's always just going to have the Goldberg thing, the stench, the yeah. Goldberg on him. And for him to lose like to Samoa Joe and Powerhouse Hobbs, basically, I I think that is a good way to do it. Um, and I agree. Sit- in, in either direction and then you run him through i mean the main title if, if it's going on mjf tonight which i think there's a good po- possibility that that might happen you do have that feud in your back pocket 
So. I agree. All right. Um, next thing that we got to talk about. Big deal for Atlanta-based fans or Georgia fans in general for Georgia wrestlers. Uh, the reason why is we had a match with Death Triangle, the uh, trios champions of AEW, going against a returning Darius Martin, along with his brother Dante Martin, and veteran wrestler AR Fox. Uh, so we'll just get down to this before we go over the match. AR Fox, after this match, he's been doing some stuff on Dark and whatnot. He was known for Lucha Underground. I forgot what his name was uh, in that promotion, but he had a different name, very similar. But if you... If you're from Atlanta and you've gone to see Southern Honor Wrestling or any of the big wrestling organizations throughout Atlanta, you know the name A.R. Fox. He's helped uh, partly train people like, I don't know, uh, Austin Theory, who's now doing really well also from over here in Atlanta. Um, he was on the Independence at points in time where A.J. Styles was on it. He's been around in the business for a very, very long fucking time over here in Georgia. His biggest... Uh, you know, the biggest that he got was pretty much Lucha Underground. And I've seen him in some of our honor wrestling several times. He's a great fucking wrestler. And now along with Alan Angels, who he did also partially teach uh, in Austin Theory, he's a third guy from Atlanta that is making his way uh, on the big leagues. And he got signed to AEW. So uh, from Wrestling Geeks Alliance, from me and Chris, big ups, man. We're proud of you. Big ups, former trainer at Mr. Hughes' school in wrestling. A was it A4FW here in Atlanta, yes, where AJ Styles went, and like you said, he Slater a bunch of people. Like AR Fox has been great for a really long time. I'm so happy to see him on a legitimate televised product. Not not taking anything away from Lucha Underground, but as AR Fox, we we saw him. God, I guess it was almost a year ago at that GCW event. He's fucking incredible. Guy's a fucking incredible wrestler, and uh, I hope next time AEW comes to Atlanta, we get an AR Fox match so we can get the ATL Ho chant started again. Dane, taking credit for that. Yeah, Ho. Great. I mean, I like AR Fox a lot. He did a lot of crazy shit in this match. Obviously, he took the pin, um, but he did this weird. I'm sure there is a swimming move name for it where you basically flip forward while jumping backwards into a it's, tuck. I dude, I've seen him do that before. I have no idea that that's he did, fucking crazy. Did his uh, ring post like moonsault. He hit like a perfect senton bomb. The guy's fucking incredible. And he's really good at selling. Like somebody wasn't in position for a tag. So he built his arm motion into the cell <laughs> for the reach out. Eric Fox is fucking great. Um, I hope this is not just the end, like he's just a random tag tag team guy in this trios division because he's he's fucking better than that. And if you're gonna do a tag team, like put him and fucking swerve together as a tag team. Oh be- yeah, dude. Were they, were they in a tag team in Lucha Underground? I cannot remember for sure, but if you're gonna do it, like you want to see some crazy high flying shit, put them in the Lucha Brothers against each other. That'd be be the tits, man. That shit would slap, as the kids would say. As the kids would say. I have to look this up real quick. Air Fox. But this was a hell of a match. Like, a really good match. Um, Dante Martin is still very fucking impressive, as always. And, you know, Dark Triangle, they call out the elite. That's pretty much it. 
They're they're getting the elite. It's confirmed. And you the elite that? somehow controlled the uh, the Titantron and just magically put a picture together because all of a sudden their answer came in a video of just the match itself. And we're going to have that for the – it looks like also, Chris, does it not look like the um, – it's position that the Midnight Suns – what the fuck are they called? Is it the Midnight Suns? It's not the Midnight Suns. That's fucking Marvel. God damn it. What is uh, Alistair the, Black's group? For, for not, the, not the Forgotten Suns. That's a different tag team. Um, Alistair Black and the Creeps. I don't, I don't remember what they were called. I don't remember what they're called now. You made me blank on it. House of Black. There you go. House Sorry. of Black. I think it's I, – I'm assuming, and we could talk more about this, but the Elite's going to beat probably because Pax fucks it up by something or maybe Ray doesn't hit him in the head with a hammer, whatever the hell they're going for. Beat the triangle, take the championships, and then get taken out immediately by who they will be going against, which is, I'm assuming, the House of Black who have had these promos. They have gotten better, but that first one was fucking terrible, by the way. Uh, and uh, I'll finally be able to see Kenny Omega and uh, Malachi Black, uh, you know, have the the knee fight to the face. They can't do anything except for knee each other in the head. That's it. The first one was fucking terrible because they just did like they basically pretended House of Black didn't exist and that Aleister Black was resurrected and they just reset the group. It was fucking weird. Was uh, but yes, they have they have gotten better. I also like that Aleister Black is still in dark rooms. Um, <laughs> it makes me think That's that maybe, thing, man. maybe this was not a Vince McMahon problem, and maybe it's an Aleister Black problem. That's his thing, dude. That's what he does. Maybe you should go to a boiler room like McFoley. Just switch it up a little bit. Down there with the furnaces and shit. Just start slamming stuff. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm just not, I'm not into this group. I like their theme song. I like all the wrestlers involved with it, but the... Uh, I don't know. They're they're kind of like a metal band that tries too hard to some extent. Well, one thing Even that was cool is that Brody. Uh, what were you gonna say? I was gonna say even though like Brody King and there, there's there's people in there that are super into metal, but like as far as like the wrestling presentation, it's kind of like I don't know, like disturbed for me. Well, well, Brody King was uh, at one of his shows with his uh, band. I don't know. It's like God must die or something like that. Some very, very dark um, name. But one thing that was cool is that both Santana and Ortiz were there. And it was noted that they were talking to each other from fans that were there uh, throughout the night. So hopefully Santana's out for a while. But, you know, Conan even brought it up on his podcast that they were not getting along anymore. So I'm hoping that they mended fences because they're fucking a brilliant tag team together. They deserve you know, a chance to go for the title. And just regardless, they've been at it and doing this for such a long time. Kingston was there too, who's friends with both of them. Um, and Conan said has been trying to like get them to work shit out. Uh, I'm just hoping that they, they get over their shit, man. I'd like to see them back as a tag team. And I'd like to see them back since they've been together for such a long time, you know, get over their shit. I like Conan, but I also think this is a fucking gimmick to set up a match <laughs> for his promotion. Seems like no, it's it it sound it sounded pretty genuine when he was talking uh, about it. I, I don't think he would just start talking other people's mm, bullshit like that. I mean, if they knew it was going to happen, I don't think they would have a problem with it. I'm, uh, we'll see. We will see on this if this doesn't play into multiple storylines. Um, but yeah, because I haven't heard anything like that outside of that Conan podcast, which just makes me think it's a gimmick. 
Oh no, I've I've heard that from quite a different that Santana and Ortiz aren't getting along anymore. I haven't I haven't heard that. Oh no, the, I, I've I've been hearing that for a while. I mean, outside of like story like storyline when they were doing like the Jericho breakup or whatever, but I haven't. As far as like them as brothers not getting along, I hadn't, I hadn't heard that. So maybe it's true. I don't know. I, I, it's possible. I just didn't hear it. Um, also, I just don't trust Conan. But I mean, that's good, though. You shouldn't trust the promoter. I like having the wool pulled over my eyes every once in a while. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. But they, had a, they had a lot of people at that show. Like, yeah, Kingston wasn't Kingston like over in the corner just chilling. This was a like a was it like Brooklyn? No, apparently, it was like Ethan Page, Ethan Page and Kingston. There is a video. You can see them like moshing at one point. That's pretty interesting. <laughs> Darby did a uh, stage dive. <laughs> so that's that's cool, man. Uh, I wish I just, I, someone would I would rather with... them all solo guys, honestly, to be honest with you. I wish Brody and Malachi and all, all of them were doing their own thing. But yeah, we'll, I, we'll keep on doing this. I wish they would hot clip that video. I, I'm sure someone has by now. But when I first saw it, it was the full fucking set list. So you're just looking for like specific people during a full band set list. So I kind of gave up on it for the most part. But I did see a couple of... Uh, aw stars there that's cool they came out and supported you know brody king's band yeah and i'm sure it was not the style of music that some of them are used to because i'm not even really into de- what is it black metal it's old school hardcore i don't know what the fuck the difference between hardcore punk and their 2000s and black metal is but it's it's more hard yeah it's more hardcore more like uh suicidal tendencies type stuff suicidal tendencies biohazard i'd compare it more to like that than black metal but that's you know at some point metal is fucking metal i I hate subgenres. you either like it or you don't like it i don't know why we have to put a genre on everything yeah who needs labels man um (laughs) not to be that guy but i mean like in the in the metal community it gets really really fucking bad where it's it's silly. They're narrowing down where there's only two bands in a genre, and I'm like, is that a fucking genre? Like, groove metal is considered a genre, and that consists of Pantera and White Zombie. I was like, well, then it is, is it even a fucking genre? <laughs> like, maybe Clutch? I don't. I don't would, would they? <laughs> would they work in there? Uh, well, they throw, they throw Gojira in there, but Gojira is also in other genres, so it's like, okay, that, you get what I'm saying, though. Like, yeah. You, you don't, don't need to subgenre everything as metal fans. It's nitpicking, but it's this it's like a similar thing to wrestling fans that maybe overthink wrestling way, way, way too much. Well, there's just those bands, man, that's like I don't even know what the fuck genre is. Like a band I used to listen to in high school, Thursday. I have no clue what the fuck to tell people what genre it is. I guess it's punk. I guess it's post hardcore. Whatever. Hard, <laughs> what the fuck does that even mean? It's like that's like the the things you'd see on the on a serial thing. Post punk hardcore, like you know, just like little. I don't fucking know. <laughs> I always love shock. So this is this is pre punk hardcore. I can't wait for the hate mail on. I, I I'll probably get more hate mail on Twitter on this one conversation than any of the hot takes I've had on wrestling <laughs> throughout the wow. entire entire uh length of our like not the length of our podcast but the entire amount of time we've been doing this podcast because you start talking about fucking genres and metal it it gets dark real quick like dark metal apparently um anyway so let's move on 
Uh, full gear world title eliminator match. Bandito, Ethan Page. Ethan Page went over. Um, good match, too. Uh, I don't know. It seems like they're giving uh, Mr. All Ego a push uh, a bit uh, within this tournament. But, you know, I think that some people would say that Bandito might not, you know, you might not want him to lose, I guess. But he beat fucking Kingston as well, so it seems like they're trying to get Ethan Page up a little bit, and he's progressing in this tournament at the uh, at the best of uh, Bandito, Chris. So fuck them, because they said this was Bandito's first match on AEW, and this is definitely not his first match in AEW. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Maybe were they talking about him officially signed with AEW? I mean, he I know that he definitely had a match there. Maybe they meant his first match on Rampage. I, I don't know, but that fucked with me. I was like, I was like, I'm pretty, yeah, I'm pretty sure I've seen him. Well, one of the other, you know what I mean? Basically, was yeah, he yeah. on one show versus the other? I was like, I'm pretty sure I've seen him in AEW before. Uh, so I had to go back and like fact check that. I was like, oh, he was in this fucking show. What the fuck are they on about? Um, I think Bandito is headed to the Ring of Honor roster, so I don't think it really matters. No, and I think Ethan Page could use a little bit of uh, excelling. He's a good heel, personally. He is. I think he's a, a good fit, especially if you're going to branch, if Wardlow is going to drop this TV title, whatever, if TBS or team, it's a fucking TV title. If he drops this TV title, then now you have a hill that can go after that TV title. And then when Scorpio Sky comes back, that's an interesting feud. I think there's some cool stuff they can do there uh, coming out of this tournament. But Bandito, yep. I'm just assuming he's going to go back to Ring of Honor. Yeah, I think that's a good prediction. I'm Another they new signing. They haven't done anything with Jericho because Bandito is a former Ring of Honor champion, and that would probably make the most sense of someone they could have went to instead of Cole Cabana. Well, but maybe the, they're you know, saving that. For... Cole Cabana is such a well-known champion in Ring of Honor, so it happens yet. <laughs> it, that definitely wasn't trying to ruffle feathers or piss anyone off at all from Jericho or anything. <laughs> I don't know. When legality stuff is on... Uh, no, I'm, never mind. I'm not going to even go into it. Just don't poke the bear, because sometimes the bear's an aggressive asshole. That's, but. Hey, NWA, if you're looking for someone to sign, Jonathan Gresham's out there. Might no not be shit, the man. Could make. <laughs> All right. Um, don't really have much to say about Tony Storm and NJ, because it didn't last too long, and this is more about building up towards the match with her and Hader. And um, I just really want to know, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to the match with uh, Soraya and, uh, and Britt Baker. But, and I would, I don't know who's going to win that. That one I don't have as much confidence. But I feel like Jamie Hader's going to beat Tony Storm. So even though she's been so pro-Hader, uh, will that change if Britt sees the championship belt around her best friend's waist. That's the question uh, for what they'll do with that title and stuff after uh, tonight's event, which still is crazy that we're going to be watching this soon. So Soraya is going to win this fucking match against Britt Baker, right? I kind of hope so, but I don't know. Like Britt, Britt legitimately got her feelings hurt about some of the comments that Soraya said about her uh, not being a superstar and some of the shit. Uh, she she was venting on uh, and it definitely wasn't like her being in character. She was kind of pissed about it. Like she has something to prove, basically. 
um, which is fine. And I like Britt, but yeah, I would think that returning Soraya needs to beat her. Like that's like Darby beating CM Punk when he came back or something. I mean, if I was Bert Baker, I would have came out and been like, you were a fucking very small part of a show carried by John Cena. Shut the fuck up when grown folks talking. I was headlining. You're crazy. You are crazy. No, but I mean, if you're a heel, like, don't get mad about it. Go back and, like, say something about it. Well, no, she likes the, she likes the bitch just like, you know, the... I don't even want to get into the Thunder Rosa crap. Brit, Brit's, maybe, maybe Brit's, Brit's a pillar hurt. of of a new wrestling company that's been made in the last couple of years. She's a pillar of it. But you so. get what I'm saying. Like you have a lot of fuel there. If she's gonna bring up the WWE, you'd be like, you mean that company that basically fired you? Brought you exactly. Back and, and like, there's so much. There was so much fuel there. I guess maybe she's a little worried that if she says something like that, all of a sudden there'll be a fucking post conference and a backstage fight, like. Well, with the track record with Thunder Rosa, I wouldn't doubt it. You know, I don't know. I'm just saying, like, you know, don't get don't, she hurt your feelings. Like, who gives a shit? Like, you've made more money than her in the past, like, three or four years. Like, That's a good point. You, you're a bigger star than she is right now. Like, more people know you in the AEW like club than her. She's not Paige. She's Soraya, who hasn't wrestled in. Five, four years. Yeah. Like, stick up for yourself. If, you, if she hurt your feelings, fucking cut a promo back. She, she, she said a lot of stuff. She got a stuff off her, off her chest for sure. But I hope Soraya beats her. I don't know. I think that I think she needs to be humbled a bit. She got her stuff off her chest, but she cut a babyface promo of like, well, I never did WrestleMania, but I did Arthur Ashe Stadium. And it's like, well, it's not really the fucking same thing as WrestleMania, but run with that. Like, if you, if you were fucking upset, you should have went the route of like Hangman Page and said something about it. You know? Yeah. Whatever. Like, if that was, if she was really that upset, did not know that that comment was going to come, then give her a fucking receipt. Whatever. That's that's supposed to be what you do in AEW, right? <laughs> That doesn't get you in trouble at all. Somehow, unless you do it online, and then you'll get in trouble. If but I, one I, per- person says, fine, meet me at work tomorrow. Oh, okay, I'm going to kick your ass. I'm hoping that like this was just all in kayfabe for her character, but then it tries to make her a sympathetic baby face, and you're like, you're healed that has two well, other no, people. It didn't, for the ring. it didn't make her look like that. It made her look like a little whiny bitch, basically. Like, me, 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 me. And, like, she should be just shouting from the rooftops of like fuck w like your entire company is basically fuck wwe 90 percent of promos so like why are you not <laughs> i don't know like there's a lot of stuff you could bury soraya over throughout her career without even getting into some of the you know unfortunate things that have happened to her but like just in wrestling in general you know like it's very true when aj lee were a 10 minute match on a card that was six hours and weren't you were the second match, you know, like I headlined a fucking pay-per-view and started this women's division. Like, I'm not saying that you should do that. I'm just saying, if you're going to fucking cut a promo on her, don't just be like, well, I was at Arthur Ashe stadium. Yeah. Don't put your tail between your legs, actually fucking back yourself up basically. And I think she did that on busted open more so to the radio audience than that she did actually on television, which is another problem a lot of times. Cause I do, I agree with you. I thought she came off more baby face and I don't want a fucking baby face. DMD. Like, even when The Rock was a fucking, was a baby face, you still wanted to act like a heel. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
You didn't want them to like cower or show weakness like that. That's just. Oh, by the way, did I say the bunny lost? (laughs) (laughs) I will say Soraya needs someone. Whoever was cutting, like writing her promos in WWE, they need to come back and write her promos in AEW because these promos have been fucking dog shit. So I don't know how you got your feelings hurt on these badass promos because they have sucked. Yeah, she just kind of gets emotional and shit. Uh, well, promos that did not suck, uh, MJF and John Moxley. Um, how, how did you like this promo? Obviously, we have Moxley talking, uh, interrupted by the firm. They beat him down, and MJF comes, helps out, and really has an interaction with Ethan Page. I don't know if that means anything or not. Uh, and then we heard MJF, but I thought this was great. This is a great way to build for this uh, pay-per-view. Uh, but... The fact that William Regal really made sure his face was in a lot of those camera shots, including like the last stare off between the two guys in the background, I think really plays into what's going to happen tonight, Chris. I think it does as well. And the conversation with Ethan Page and him being associated with Stokely Hathaway and, and MJF technically being associated with Stokely Hathaway, this seems like a fuck, like Moxley's going to get fucked over for this title, right? Is anyone really like? I don't know if I want MJF 100% as a babyface, even if he has the title. I mean, I do if he has to over. If it's the opposite, if he has to overcome, come the odds of the Blackpool Combat Club and Stokely Hathaway's group, and somehow wins this belt by hook or crook, like that's interesting. But they're not going to do that. Right, like that no. would make him a huge baby face if he has to overcome. Like, oh fuck, I am the lone wolf in this situation. He basically becomes the Moxley. <laughs> like him and Moxley are having to fight off both of their own teams or something. That's intriguing, um, but I don't think they're going to do that. So yeah, I mean, I'm assuming that they're going to continue to run with him heel, much like they continue to try to keep Cody Rhodes baby face, and it's not going to work. But good luck, y'all. Uh, it's interesting, but this yeah. This is in New Jersey, right? Aren't they doing this show at the? Aren't they doing this show at the fucking Prudential Center tonight? Where's the paper view at? I think it's at the Prudential. Hold on one second. I have it pulled that's up where, right here. That's, that's where Rampage was at. I just couldn't remember if they stayed there for the pay per view or not. Yep. It's in Jersey. Uh, so right. Dave Lecrec so is a loud, annoying ass. Will definitely be there. So pretty much anyone from New York, New Jersey, or Philly is getting cheered tonight anyways. And uh, I don't know, if MJF loses, it's going to be it's, it's gonna be some harshness there probably um, from the crowd. Do you so. think the fans might be mad? What sucks is that they both had a lot of great stuff to say, but I don't remember a lot of it at all. Got to be honest with you. I remember um, like – John Moxley forgetting what date the fucking pay-per-view was because he worked so many goddamn dates. That was pretty funny. Yeah. We can all forgive John for that, man. <laughs> He's like, wait, wait, which which show is it and where is it at, basically? That was pretty funny. Uh, no, it was, I mean, it's was, it was a good back and forth. It's just weird because they have... And, I mean, this is part of MJF's character is the... What was the fucking quote, the French literary quote that he said? Uh, about the devil um something about the yeah. devil the the, Cause you know, the I know greatest what you're talking lie, about the greatest lie that was ever told was the devil didn't exist so they're playing off of that so I mean, this is going to be some kind of fuckery 
Yeah, but I think me and you both said this, and I mean, we're going to obviously continue with telling a little bit about Rampage and giving our predictions. Like, love AEW, but I'm just like not as. I mean, I'm 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 into this match, and I'm into what's going to happen because of certain other matches, but this is not a pay per view I'm as excited about as I usually am for AEW. Same, and I wouldn't have brought the Elite back as a fucking trio. I would have brought Kenny back by himself tonight. I don't. I don't think they. Oh, the totally agree. But you know that that's them, though, because they want to do that. I, from everything I I've heard. At some point, you're Tony Khan. You just tell him to do what the fuck you want to do because you own the company. Yeah, it's like okay, instead of having one of our strongest singles guy and one of our strongest tag teams, you're just going to eliminate that for a division that no one really cares about. And, and they're fun matches and all, but like, like you have lots of other trios that don't necessarily involve the returning Kenny Omega, who should have a championship match coming back. I don't Very know true. Match clauses, but he lost like one match during that entire reign he had. So it's just, I don't know. It's baffling. Weird shit. All right, well, let's go over. Um... Last night we had a you know the the usual rampage. Uh, I am digging the commentary. It's it's fun to hear Taz cut it up with, you know, fucking Tony. Especially like Tony likes to like make like little comments. Like he's like one of those guys that like, oh yeah, well I'm better than you. And it's like I could punch you right in the face right now. Like that's how he he acts with Jericho and with Taz. Um, but I'm I'm enjoying the uh, the groove of all the guys talking shit. But uh, we had start off Ricky Starks, Lance Archer, beating the shit out of each other. Like I, Jericho said this later, and maybe that's what they were going for. That like Ricky probably got ripped out of his fucking like before he could throw on any type of clothes, just beaten up in his locker room, thrown out, and that's when the match started. But obviously we need to get in the ring. So who are you gonna put for the referee? Rick Knox, because then it doesn't matter what the fuck happens. So they beat the hell out of each other throughout the arena. You know, Ricky's somehow getting a little bit back and forth. And then him and Lance have a, a great match that... So basically, he was going to do his... He couldn't do the Rochambeau because Lance Archer's too big. Lance is going to do his reverse um, Outsider's Edge. And Ricky does something. They do, like, some back and forth where they do a uh, thing off the ropes... And then Ricky hits him with a spear out of nowhere and uses momentum to tuck his foot real quick. One, two, three. Ricky Starks goes over. Lance Archer loses. You know, I'm happy for Ricky Starks. I like Ricky Starks, but goddamn. Remember Lance Archer, Chris? Uh, One thing that's good about Lance Archer is that apparently Jake's coming back. And good news for Jake, he doesn't have to be uh, living off of oxygen anymore. So he's about to make, apparently from what he said on his uh, show with DDP, um, full recovery or full return in uh, Lance's. Uh, I don't know if Lance needs Jake, but he needs something because he just lost to Ricky Starks, even though Ricky looked good in the match. Uh, what he needs is them to give him some meaningful wins. I don't know that Jake's yeah. going to be able to with that. Um, I don't know. Lance Arch- Archer is just a guy that works better in Japan. That's why I, at this point. I would almost send him back to Japan and then set up, if you're going to try to build him back in AEW, send him back to Japan, let them use him until Wrestle Kingdom, and then set up a match and give him a meaningful win. Then bring him back to AEW. 
versus what they're doing now. But yeah, um, good match. Richie Starks, my boy out here rocking the New Jersey Devils. So I was pretty hyped. Glad he got a win. Is it just me or does Ricky Starks look like a Spike Dudley version of The Rock? No, there is like photos out there where people, <laughs> people have like met The Rock today. Obviously, it was them getting a meet and greet from Ricky Starks. <laughs> so that's existed out there. If, if I was him, that would be my forever Halloween costume. I'd wear the turtleneck with the gold chain and the fanny pack. <laughs> I just love it. Interviews. He's like, dude, it's it's funny. He's like, I love The Rock, obviously. I grew up watching him. But my man, you know, his favorite wrestler is The Undertaker. And, like, a lot of people won't realize it because of the time it came out. But on one of Undertaker's returns, he was one of the guys that helped him get ready in the ring um, for it. But he was like, that was his favorite wrestler. But there is something about him that just does remind me of, of The Rock, like a little mini version of him. Part of it's the swagger on the promo and wearing the Gucci shirt. I mean, he's he's a little bit hamming it up as I am a little rock. And also the um, the OG rock wave fade that he's got going. Yeah, he's definitely got a swagger, man. Uh, but he's, de- he's, def- he's not bouncing against the idea of looking like the rock is basically what I'm getting at. Absolutely. He's not coming out like he's dead. It's not like he was like, damn, Darby took my my choice of a gimmick. You know, I wanted to be The Undertaker. But, yeah, he definitely looks uh, for a reason. But he advances, so we're going to see him advance in this Eliminator tournament to be the number one contender. And um, Lance Archer. Does Lance Archer need Jake? I would rather Jake with someone else, honestly. I think Jake would be better suited in the House of Black somehow. Me too. And- with Lance Archer. And like I said, with Lance Archer, I would almost, I would almost just like be like, please take him to new Japan or new Japan strong and have him work over there up until wrestle kingdom. And then show one awesome video package and have him beat somebody important before I brought him back to AEW. Cause he just came off a very strong showing in the G one and then he's had like a good run in new Japan. So I don't know, like they didn't really show us any of that. So it's kind of weird. Like, why'd you even bother doing that? And maybe he doesn't want, maybe he just doesn't want to be in Japan. I, I have no idea. But um, as far as booking goes, that would make a little more sense than just throwing Jake back out. Because, like, he's he's currently proving that he doesn't necessarily, even when Jake's there, he still loses. So it doesn't really matter. Like, it's not like he's went on these long well, no. winning streaks with Jake. He gets Here's the dumbest like, thing, too. Like, Jake does his promo, and that would be one of the beneficial. But then every single time, fucking Archer cuts him off before he can even talk. Like, I don't, I don't, I never got that. I do want to give a quick shout out to the Prudential crew because I think they're doing a hockey game today and the AEW event, which is like a two hour in between, if that's the case. I am. Hope no one falls through like ice. Oh, well, um, they have to, they, they defrost the floor. It's fine. I'll defrost your floor. You should. Wouldn't it be awesome if they had to wrestle on ice though? That'd be sick. Wrestling on ice. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like something they would have done in the early 90s. Oh, God. Like Vince McMahon comes out. Hey, how are you guys doing? Oh, shit. And he fucking falls over. You get Hulk Hogan could, on ice later. 
I could be wrong, but the Devils game started at one, so I'm assuming I think it was at Prudential. So maybe I don't know. I could be wrong, but if they if they did have like a two or three hour turnaround for the next event, that's fucking crazy. Uh, yeah. Uh, but next match, man, I think I think they were right. Uh, with I think Jericho and Jr. were both right. Lee Moriarty took Hook probably. Fl- you know, to a harder match than anyone he's gone into beforehand with this record. Uh, and this was for the uh, FTW championship. And Lee Mor- Moriarty, man, he's great in the ring. I mean, you can tell that this is one of those situations where he, when he says this, it makes a lot of sense. His favorite wrestler up and coming when he was younger was watching Jay Lethal. He got to have that awesome match with him at Ring of Honor's, uh, well, the last Ring of Honor, Ring of Honor pay- pay-per-view months back. But also, he studied the shit out of Sayama, uh, which is why he calls it Tiger Style, Tiger Mask. And he's a fucking he's a beast, dude. They were doing great technical wrestling. He's doing great high-flying. He's just uh, becoming a great opponent. And then out of nowhere, finally, Hook gets him in the Red Rom and knocks him unconscious. He goes to sleep. And I thought they had a really good, short, fun match that Lee Moriarty was getting the better of Hook at the beginning using his speed. He's a great wrestler, and uh, Hook finally got it and put shit in gear, put him in the red rum, and we're done. What'd you think, Chris? Yeah, I mean, I like Hook in the win here. It is cool to see him get kind of taken into the deep waters. This match reminded me of a Taz-Sabu match, kind of, with the, the kind of clash of styles. And it kind of finished like one of those matches would finish where no, Hook's kind of getting fucked up by all this high-flying stuff, but he just hooks the red rum this over, which is very similar to a finish that, like, Taz and Sabu would do when they were facing each other. So I, I dug it. Yeah, I dug it, too. All right. Um, so we've seen on the YouTube shows, now we're finally getting to see it on the actual show, uh, Athena has been progressively getting more aggressive with opponents. See, all right, we're, well, take that in as it is. That's been her whole entire storyline. She's beating the crap out of people, uh, AEW wrestlers, and also newer indie wrestlers. I'm still not saying that I was right, how I feel like she took advantage and how a lot of people took, say she took advantage of that younger girl that one night and completely just had was reckless about it. But besides that, that's been what she was trying to do as this gimmick. She has a match against Madison Rain. And she goes to that place, too. So it seems like, you know, we had Mercedes Martinez that came out to help out Madison Rain, got right in her face, that we're going to have Mercedes Martinez against her for the Ring of Honor Women's uh, World Ch- uh, Championship. So Athena is now going heel. And I thought the setup was good, but I still don't think that any of the gimmick change justifies what I saw with that match, that even her fucking teacher, Booker T., you know, make comments about. Uh, I know what happens when people hit metal or fucking get dropped on their necks, you know. Uh, anyways, what did you think about all this, Chris? I honestly, I don't know. I kind of just didn't care. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> is, that, is that bad? No, no, I, I mean... I mean, I said to you yesterday, it's, is it, is it just a, the overall of the women's division or what, or specifically with Amber Moon? 
it's so it's Ember. So the setup to this is Ember Moon is turning heel because she basically hit Aubrey Edwards, who hadn't ever been hit before, right? That's the build up yep. to what this match is. So it has nothing to do with the actual match. So well, we'll she's hit Aubrey. She's beat. She's taken advantage of other people in the ring and beating the crap out of people. You know, I don't know. They had a video. They had a video package of a highlight of her on YouTube shows, building up to this. Right. So, like, I, I guess that's the more of the problem is that I don't. I mean, I know that she <laughs> beat the absolute dog shit out of Marina Shafir, but I thought that was a shoot, not like a storyline thing. Yeah, it's yeah. weird, but her her uh, Mercedes Martinez will have a good match, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sh- sure it'll be pretty good. Um, I don't understand why it's a pay per view match. Oh, I don't, I don't even know if it's this pay per view. I don't think it is. This is just setting it up for sometime in the future. It's probably oh, going to okay. be on like Dynamite. That's right, what I, I was gotcha. I thought you meant that it was like on one of the. I was like, there's 13 matches on this show already. Why? Are <laughs> <laughs> no. All right, okay. let's talk about. The yeah, main event, <laughs> we had uh, Kosochke, Takeshka, and Jun Akiyama going to get Eddie Kingston and Ortiz. I thought all of the commentators actually did a great job of putting over Jun Akiyama, including JR, because he's a very well-known wrestler. You know, you talk about the four pillars in all Japan, like Excalibur kind of said, he was like that fifth pillar, uh, past all Japan uh, world champion. Uh, tag team champion with both uh, one of the uh, pillars, Misawa, another one, Kenta Kobashi, at separate times. Also a pro wrestling Noah champion, very well known. And Eddie Kingston, of course, big fan. So we have this match, and Ortiz ended up taking the loss to Junakiyama. But we now have, at the pre-show, Eddie Kingston against Junakiyama tonight. Um, like I said, the pre-show of Full Gear. So that should be a good match. But... um. Fun stuff. Uh, I I love Takeshka. I think he's great. Um, you know, he, he gets better and better. And uh, I don't know a lot about Akiyama other than who he was. Like, I haven't seen a shitload of his matches, but he's another one of those Japanese legends that Eddie Kingston uh, worships. So good for him. I just want to see Eddie Kingston, I don't know, go up a little bit within. I don't know. I'm just going to shut the fuck up. Anyways, Chris. What did you think? I mean, I think I'm just res- re- I I've just came to terms that they're not going to push Eddie Kingston to the top anytime soon, so he's probably just going to be having these kind of matches. Um, it it was okay. I like Takeshka a lot. I I don't know much about DDT Pro Wrestling outside of the fact that it I was funny. Either in the various hardcore matches that would show up on like most extreme death matches of all time kind of stuff. Uh, or, so I can't, I or can't some really weird white that. guy with curly blonde hair fighting a, a blow up doll. I can't really speak on June that much just cause I don't know that I've seen a ton of his, ma- I mean, I'm sure I've seen matches over the years, but I just, even though I he's mean, considered legend, I don't like, is he is he considered a legend even in Japan, or is he a DDT legend? I guess. Oh no, no, he's a he's a big he's he was a huge wrestler in all Japan, but at that point they had, you know, uh, Akira, fucking Kawada, 
uh, Misawa and Kenta Kobashi, and he tag teamed both with Kobashi and won the a, a or all Japan tag titles with him, and also Misawa, and is a two-time both uh, pro wrestling Noah and also all Japan champion. But he kind of like how Misawa ended up making Noah. Ultimo Dragon made uh, like June kind of connected himself to DDT, I guess later on with the right, so I'm sure I've, I'm sure I've seen some of his matches, but like all of the stuff that I would have watched during his reign or his during that time would have been tape trading stuff from Japan. And yeah. I don't know that I, outside of maybe some tag matches and stuff. I don't know. I, I just don't know that I've seen. A lot I'm the of same. Um, which I'm not. It's not taking anything away from him. It's just uh, I don't know. I feel like if you're going to bring. If you're going to bring someone like that in. And I don't know how you would even do this. Maybe put one of their matches on your YouTube show or get the rights so that you can at least post it on your Twitter. Like one of their highlight quality matches. Kind of like they do with like the Ring of Honor, or they used to do with the Ring of Honor throwbacks before a pay-per-view to try to get you hyped for the pay-per-view. Something other than just like, and it's not that commentary did a bad job of trying to express like how big of a deal the guy was or anything. It's just, I don't know, for the average viewer. We don't know that much about him at all. Yeah, or if you're just a if you're if you like my nieces, they have no fucking idea who this guy is, regardless on how legendary you say he is, right? (laughs) (laughs) Uncle Chris, who is he? I don't fucking know. He's a legend. (laughs) So you have to keep. You know who I'd love to see Eddie Kingston have a one-on-one match if we're gonna get a Japanese wrestler. Doesn't have to necessarily be a legend, but a future legend. What about Tetsuya Naito? I'm saying, like, what about Naito coming out and just slapping Eddie right in the fucking face, and they just beat the living shit out of each other? And there's no promos at first. That's how it starts, and we build to a pay-per-view. Here's an idea. Why don't you take one of the biggest baby faces in your company and put him against other people in your company? Yeah, that's a good point too. That's. I mean, I'm not. I'm not against that at all either. I'm just saying, if he wants to go. Uh, also, hey. No offense to Junakiyama, but uh, Muda's on his last run. Why don't we see if he wants to come back instead of being on a Rampage show and fucking go against Eddie Kingston at a pay-per-view? Jesus Christ. That's another thing I have to ask. Like, why would Tony pay so much money to get, like, Mike Tyson to come and just commentate for one fucking match on Rampage? Just, like, why would he get Muda for, like, two seconds for one thing to build up to a pay-per-view that's, like, four months away? Like... I kind of wonder right. if he even like. Mike I Tyson want or... that fuck you money, man. I want that fuck you money. I want to have that much money where he'd be like, yeah, whatever, just bring in Muda. I seem like it seems like Mike Tyson does a lot of public appearances right before he's about to launch something, and he just launched those new Vander Holyfield ear edibles with a Vander Holyfield right after he appeared on AEW. So I'm assuming they got him. <laughs> I love the cheap. advertisement. <laughs> it seems yeah. like they're just. You know, he's like one of those guys. He's like, well, I'll go do this if I can put like my name will get out there and then people will hear my name and then they'll see the news articles about this thing I'm watching. It's like smart business, right? So I'm sure Tony Khan didn't really pay him that much. At least he didn't fall asleep well, this time. Like, like the first time he was at age. <laughs> God damn it, Mike. Oh, Jesus. All right. Uh, let's go oh, over full gear. His, probably no, smashed like. Ten edibles before he got to the fucking show. Like, yeah, I don't even know what the fuck was going on. I was just, I was out there and the fucking, I couldn't see shit and I fucking went. <laughs> yeah, like Mike, Mike Tyson just got high as fuck and then did commentary, which is amazing. I hope that that should be its own wrestling show. 
Oh, Jesus. All right. Let's first go over this um, this tournament because the uh, we're going to have the semifinals, one of the matches on the pre-show, and then the person that wins that will be going against Ethan Page, which is weird. Uh, so Eddie Kingston lost to Ethan Page. He went over. Bandido uh, beat Roosh. He went over. Ethan Page beat him. That's where Ethan Page is. We had, obviously, Ricky Starts beating uh, Lance Archer for him to go over. And Brian Cage going against uh, Dante Martin, beating him. So it's Ricky Starts and Brian Cage on this pre-show. Um, and then the winner, like I said, will go on. So they'll have an ava- a disadvantage because they already won against a person in the pre-show. will then go against Ethan Page on the main uh, card, I think. Oh, no, maybe that's going to be for Dynamite. Never mind. Don't really know what the fuck's going on. Okay, well, who do you think is going to win? Between Brian Cage and Ricky Starks, <sighs> look, I love Ricky Starks. I think he should win, but God damn it, if Brian Cage loses and he doesn't understand that this is always going to be his thing, he should probably go back to fucking Impact or find something else. Like, this this to me would be like, okay, I need to figure something else out. I mean, it's nothing against Ricky Starks. I like Ricky Starks a lot. I just... Um, Brian, the machine Brian Cage visually should not lose to Ricky Stars. Am I, am I, do I sound crazy, Chris? Uh, no, but I mean, you're also tying in that Ricky Starks is also feuding with this fucking man that's probably going to murder him before the match, so you get an easy out anyways. That's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, I would assume Brian Cage is going to win this re- regardless. And then maybe lose to Ethan Page uh, on Dynamite. Yeah, that seems par for the course for Brian Cage. All right. Well, maybe I don't know who's the better manager, Hathaway or Prince Nana. <laughs> That's. We'll just start beating the living hell out of each other. That'll be scary. Pull out all the stops. See who can cheat the most, I guess. All right. So then we all talked about Eddie Kingston and Junior Kiyama. Um, Kingston needs a swim. I mean, didn't he put over Ishii? Am I am I going crazy for remembering that? I think he beat Suzuki, but that he, I don't remember. These are all the matches he has. It's usually on the pre-show against a great Japanese legend. Um, so it's kind of starting to run over. But I feel like Kingston should win this, Chris. Um, I agree with you. He should win it on your own product. I don't know that that's what they're going to do, though. Oh God! All right. This goes back that's- to like why the is Eddie Kingston just your token New Japan or Japan wrestling match in general right now? I mean, I guess that's what he wants partially, but at the same time, is really that what you want? Like, people this think you should be at the top. He shouldn't even be done with Jericho. We haven't even finished that storyline out yet. I know. I, I don't know how you beat Jericho and still somehow go less into obscurity. Like fucking Kingston has done, but uh, all right. Well, yeah. So we're both going for Kingston. So then we have a match. I don't give a fuck about if you can't tell. Uh, best friends: Orange Cassidy, Trent Beretta, Chuck Taylor, Rocky Romero, and Dan Housen are going against the Factory. QT Marshall, Aaron Solo, Lee Johnson, Nick Camarado, who shaved his beard and cut his hair, and Cole Carter. Remember him? He was Sting, sort of. Um, I don't, Orange, Orange Cassidy wins. That's, that's, that's what I think is going to happen. 
He should win the whole thing. And you know who loses? Jim Cornette, because he's going to have to watch some of this, even if he's fast-forwarding at some point. I wasn't even going to say Jim Cornette. I was just going to say the fans. People. (laughs) Hopefully this is free on the pre-show, because if I paid for that, I'd be fucking pissed. Orange Cassidy is over. Why not have him have just a badass fucking match like he's been doing on your television show? Instead of having a stupid... Why don't you have him go? Why don't you throw him in the weird Japanese match for no reason? <laughs> Jesus Christ! Uh, I feel like Cassidy could bounce back from it a little more than Eddie Kingston, who's taken a bunch of losses for no fucking reason. Like, and also this is one where his title is supposed to be guys from like the UK and Japan, and so I don't know. I just feel like it could. Yeah, why didn't you cool. bring in Filthy Tom from fucking? You have New Japan, like New Japan Strong is right there. Bring in like a Fred Rosser or a Filthy Tom. Yeah, what type of what type of partnership do they have with them? Like, I don't even fucking know. Well, but I, all right, let's. I, I just you know as far I think more American fans know. I, it does it doesn't fight. I'm not even gonna get into it. It's just like it's <laughs> stupid shit. It's a ten man tag match. It's literally everyone's either gonna go. Order like get their pizza, order their pizza or whatever, or barbecue or whatever during this match. That's when everyone's going to be making their sandwiches and getting their beers ready for the actual pay per view. So I guess it doesn't really matter. And Orange Cassidy probably wins via the Orange Punch or whatever. Uh, all right. Well, in the end, nothing even matters. One day, I don't know. Anyways, all right. So we start with the main matches, and like I said, uh, with the Survivor Series, or this is not the exact order. Of the card. I don't know what it is. So this is what you know Wikipedia is giving me, so just to let you guys know. I think we already talked about this, but Wardlow, Samojo, and Powerhouse Hobbs. I kind of hope that Powerhouse Hobbs maybe beats like Pins Joe or something like that. And I don't know. And gets the championship. I think that it would be interesting with it around his waist. I'd like Wardlow to be over the hump and to be you know going a different place than the TNT title. And I think Samoa Joe can take – it could be a situation where Joe gets two fucking finishes back-to-back after beating the shit out of people. You know, this this easily can make it so it doesn't make him look that bad. It's a fucking three-year match, and he still has a title. So that's what I think, Chris. I would have Joe beat Powerhouse Hobbs, continue his undefeated streak in singles competition, and then set up that match with him and Wardlow for the Ring of Honor title, I guess. And then decide what the hell you're going to do. Or decide what you're going to do with Wardlow. But I wouldn't have Joe lose here because he's kind of the primary foundation around your Ring of Honor brand at this point as far as a Ring of Honor guy goes. Unless you're going to put the title back on Claudio tonight. One of the originators, if you will. All right. Yeah, just a name that you can really associate with Ring of Honor. Like I said, unless unless you throw the title on Brian Danielson or Claudia, Joe is the only like someone I would associate with Ring of Honor that currently holds a title there. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Maybe Jericho will go against him soon, <sighs> or just never mind. I'm not going to get into it. All right, Death Triangle. We talked about this versus the Elite. I don't know if it's going to be a situation where Pac fuck shit up because he tries to cheat and use the uh, the whole hammer with what they've been building storyline or if Ray doesn't do it 
because even though Pac tells them to, and then that causes the elite to get their definitive win. But I do think that the House of Black, there's a good chance they'll attack the elite afterwards, clear the ring, and be the next opponents for the elite with those belts. Chris? Should be a really fun match leading into the finish. I think it definitely is going to involve that hammer because if, if they go the House of Black route, they have to completely they have to do something where the dark triangle are feuding with each other. Otherwise you would expect a rematch. Right. So I think the booking scenario you laid out is probably exactly what's going to happen, but the match itself is going to be incredible because you got the bucks and, and the Lucha bros and Kenny Omega's in there and the bastard Pac, who might be one of the most underrated wrestlers of all time. So it should be really good in ring work. Um, regardless. Yeah. You have, you have the fact that, you know, they're, for brothers tag teams, especially beating and getting the better of the Young Bucks, it has been the Lucha Brothers. You have the history with, you know, Penta and Kenny, and then Kenny with Pac, and uh, it's just going to be a lot of fun. I'm, 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 I'm excited about this one. I really am. Yeah, I'm excited about this one, even though I think you booked the finish exactly as it's going to happen. <laughs> but it should still be a really, really good match. Unless CM Punk comes out with the... CM Punk and A still come out with fucking chariots and start eating them. <laughs> oh my god, what if what if, never mind, I'm not gonna even say that. It's gonna say FTR and fucking punk just hit the ring and just beat the living shit out of the elite. People would fucking lose their mind. They'd be like, yeah. what? It's like, yeah, this is work well, what of if, all time. <laughs> would it wouldn't it be wouldn't it be great if adults, especially that age, could get over their shit? And just like work with each other afterwards, but I doubt that because of a lot of people that are involved in that whole entire thing. So I'll just put it that way. But probably Obviously not going to happen, just, guys. Yeah, just kidding. That was not. That's not good. Doubt. That seems very Besides, doubtful. Punk's <laughs> out for like six months, regardless, because of his injury. So yeah, that's why he still is coming with him. You know, he's got that <laughs> cheer baseball throw going. I just like that Ace Steel legitimately sabooed somebody in real life. It's still fucking funny to me. Um, Jesus Christ. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Good match. Uh, I still would like it better. There was no... not no. I'm not going to say I'd like it better if there was no trios title. I would just like it better if you had Kenny Omega, I don't know, feuding with Adam Page or... I don't doing singles competition, doing something with someone else that he should be doing something with, especially now that he had an additional two months of recovery (laughs) because of the suspension, you know, all right, you know what? I'm going to throw this out in the universe. I don't know if it will happen. Maybe we'll just get a match. I would love a feud with a baby face, Kenny Omega and a a heel swerve Strickland. I'm just going to throw it out in the universe. Sure. It'd be awesome. I mean, if they go the House of Black route, we will finally get the Kenny Omega versus I'm almost Kenny Omega match, which will be fun. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, When you you Dolph Ziggler and Mr. Perfect, I almost called him Mr. Almost afterwards. (laughs) Oh, my God. Because he's almost other wrestlers. Uh, Buddy, buddy. Having Buddy in there with Kenny will be funny. Like everyone's gonna be doing knees, like even like Brody King somehow, because like Kenny and fucking Malachi and Buddy, they're all known for their knees to the face. Kenny is the uh, he's the Michael Jackson of the moonwalk. You know what I'm saying? 
Wouldn't it be fucking hilarious if they do that match and Kenny Omega just wrestles if he as if he was Kazuchika Okada? Oh my god, that would be hilarious. Uh, you're welcome right, to so send me thank you if you do that, Kenny, by the way. Send send him some money. Send me some money. Um <laughs> So let's 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 continue with these matches. There's quite a few. I don't give a fuck about this one. Luchasaurus, Jungle Jack Perry, Steel Cage match. I'm going to go with Jack Perry. Maybe Luchasaurus. I'm going to go with Luchasaurus just because they have to continue whatever this feud is with Luchasaurus until Christian's back, which I think is after the first of the year. God, this has not helped anyone else. I just hope that maybe... I don't know, maybe he'll stop being Jungle Boy after this if he loses the Luchasaurus or something. It's just unfortunate because Christian got hurt, and I think the story was going to move a lot faster, but unfortunately oh, yeah. Christian hurt, they're just stuck in a weird limbo. And uh, we, uh, I forgot to bring up, actually, both their promo segments. Uh, we talked about Sting and Darby's. That was really good. Uh, but Jeff Jarrett, just being Jeff Jarrett, this is going to be a fun fucking match. But I actually kind of want Jarrett and Jay Lethal to win, Chris, against Sting and Darby. I hope that it gets just super TNA for no reason. There's like 78 run-ins. No, I'm kidding. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Kevin Nash runs in for some reason. (laughs) Scott Scott Steiner's out there calling people pencil neck geeks. The main event mafia is back in AEW. Booker T's been out there working indies. Maybe he'll show up. Uh, That's what I'm saying, man. (laughs) Sting beats up Darby, joins them. Oh, God. Let's not have any of that happen. Kurt Angle's back in wrestling. (laughs) It's a return of the main event mafia. Uh, Bully becomes impact champion again because he's going to beat fucking Josh Alexander. It's going back to 2011 fucking. Oh, God. Anyways. (laughs) Um, I think that we're going to get a, a guitar bat off lightsaber style at some point in this match. Be my guess. More old. I, and Jeff Jarrett will get the, uh, get the win via some kind of Jeff Jarrett fuckery. I like it. Probably, like it. probably over Darby because Darby takes the pins. <laughs> so nieces don't want to hear that. Definitely. They, they probably want to see Darby win, but, uh, I don't know. Like Jay Lethal loses just as much as Darby Allen, so it's a toss-up on who's going to catch that. <laughs> Two of the best wrestlers they have. God damn it. Toss-up who's going to take that pin, but it's going to be one of them regardless. Yeah, uh, that's I would say true. Just, just say just because Jeff Jarrett's coming back in, maybe he introduces somebody to be part of his uh, body bag crew, and they end up getting the win somehow. Who's a who's a past Impact guy that would go along with that group pretty well? Jim well, Storm. besides. There you go. There you go. That'd be perfect. <laughs> there you go. All right. All right. All right. I like that. I like both those choices. Um, let's continue on. So the next match that we have is Dr. Britt Baker, DMD versus Soraya. I think we both kind of said that. I mean, Soraya should win because she's the legend coming back, but. I'm not going to think it's crazy if Britt ends up winning. I'm not going to say I think that that's what they should do, but I I could see that happening too. But I think Soraya is going to win this match. 
Yeah, I think Soraya's going to win this match unless something goes wrong in the match. I'm still a little nervous about her getting her bell rung the other night. Yeah. Ugh. It seemed like she got a concussion and they just kind of wrote it off as like, no, nah, doctor says she's fine. And I was like, mm. Wait, who are you talking about? Soraya, when she had that, or uh, Soraya, when she had that, um, she had that beat down, she kind of got her bell rung and was off TV. And then did, didn't oh, do it. Oh, yeah. Got cleared to do this match again. So not cleared from her original, like, body injuries, but I'm pretty sure she got a concussion, or she at least got her bell rung, which to me is a concussion. But uh, no, I don't remember what you're talking about. Going forward. So it just makes me wor- worried going into this match in general. Not that, you know, Britt's going to drop her on her head or anything, but. Um, I would assume that the plan is for her to win and then Jamie Hayter to win the title and then Britt Baker to pitch a hissy fucking fit over not only losing, but also seeing her cohort cohort win the, uh, the AEW women's title. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that's exactly what's going to happen. Shutting all calm, cool collective right now, but wait until both those things play out. That's definitely going to send her over the edge. All right, so uh, let's bring of honor uh, world championship. Um, to me, either Jericho's retaining or Brian Danielson's winning it. I don't see either of the other guys really winning it. And honestly, I could see Jericho having that on him, even though I want to be on Brian Danielson. It just makes sense, but I could see Jericho heal. It'll just keep on with some type of storyline and they can pivot and they're having their ring of honor pay-per-view, I believe at the end of this year. So, you know, they got to build up something big. So maybe that will be the, that will be Danielson versus Jericho for three or whatever the fuck. Maybe I'm going to stick with my, my two scenarios from earlier. Either the American dragon joins the Jericho appreciation society or Sammy lays down and takes the pin. That's my guess on what's going to happen match and i also wouldn't be super surprised if by the end of the night there is no longer a blackpool combat club because there is another scenario that'll play out in the main event they could just completely destroy that group yeah all right um so our next match jade cargill versus nyla rose the fake AEW TBS champion will be going against Jade, the actual TBS champion, in a match I don't think many are looking forward to at all. Um, Jade's going to win. And uh, hopefully she... No offense to Nyla, but like this was a stupid fucking storyline. Like She steals your belt and she won't give it back. That's so dumb. So yeah, I think Jade's going to beat her. And hopefully she has someone better to work with next time. Not as... You know, not not in ring, but I think she's already beaten Nyla as well. You know, just someone that I can actually believe is going to win against her. That would be great. Yeah, I, Nyla Rose, I think, is going to lose here. I think they should set up something. And I don't know if this is even possible, but originally when AEW first started, they set up like Awesome Kong was there and Asia Kong was there. It would be a very good idea if they could find a female wrestler that is a monster for Jade Cargill to go against, since she is basically the Hulk Hogan of this division, to give her something to overcome. Because Nyla Rose, unfortunately, is not 
seen in the eyes of the fans as a monster because she's lost to like Hikura Shida and um, who was the f- the first AEW Women's Champion? I'm blanking on her name. Oh, right. uh, Rio. Rio and just she's lost to a bunch of smaller people and has Vicky Guerrero as a manager and is playing kind of a goofy gimmick right now. But if you brought mm-hmm. in like an Austin Kong or an Asia Kong to be that next person for Jade to go against, I one, I think it will slow down Jade's matches a lot and the matches will look better um, just from that standpoint. But two, it gives a legitimate threat to that title that, that doesn't exist currently. Um, outside of that, at some point, you just need to fucking bring Jordan Grace over from Impact or something. Cause there's or uh, no Masa else. Slamovich or fucking Maxine Paler. Like, that's barring other talent. You know, it sucks. It's like, what about Willow? I know that they've already had a match, but what if we really build her up and she gets more legitimate wins and then goes after Jade again? But it seems like they're building Willow for the Ring of Honor title, right? That's well, like I don't know. Now Ember's going against the fucking champ, so. But Willow is also associated with Ring of. That's one of those things yeah, where we yeah, don't, that's, we don't that's, know. And then also they had her feuding kind of with Jamie Hayter for a little bit, so I don't know if they're setting that up. Um, I don't know. I mean, that I think J, I, I think that Willow would be a great baby face and someone that could make a really good run on Jade Cargill. I think me and you threw that one out there like five or six weeks ago, right? As Someone that would be fun if she beat Jade Cargill is like the first person to beat her. But if you're not going to have Jade Cargill lose anytime soon, then she needs a monster to beat, much like Hulk Hogan's King Kong Bundy's of the world or Andre's of the world. So, yep. I, 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 there's only a few females that really hit that mark or the Asia Kong, Awesome Kong, uh, Jordan Grace, who's a powerhouse. Like, bring in someone like that. Masa Slamovich, I guess, but she's lesser known than some of the other females that i've named i mean charlotte flair would be great but obviously they're not getting that done so <laughs> uh, but you, you get what i'm saying like she's ran through the entire roster including some of the people that are currently in the heavyweight division yeah i see what you're saying completely i don't know another thing that we'll find out soon uh, tag match for the AW World Tag Team Champions. The Acclaim, Anthony Bowens and Max Caster with Billy Gunn in their corner going against Swerve in our glory, Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland. Um, I, gotta, I want the Acclaim to take the belts, win the feud. I would rather that just happen straight up and something happen between Keith and uh, Swerve Strickland. I, I don't care if it looks obvious. This situation, it makes sense. Like, Swerve does something heinous, fucking Keith Lee won't have anything to do with it, maybe leaves his ass up there. The, somehow, you know, whoever gets gets the count before it hits three, and then the Acclaim end up winning against Swerve, they can move on to someone else. <clears throat> Swerve can become a top heel, feud with Keith Lee for a while, build each other up, and then go their separate ways. Keith as a babyface, Swerve as a heel. That's what I would like. Uh, I don't know if it will happen, but we'll see. If Bowens is hurt and it becomes Billy Gunn and uh, why am I Max Caster as a tag team, that mm. that presents like a new interesting 
do you just take the belts off them? But I don't think you would do that. I almost, I almost think that Swerve is just going to drop off the apron and leave. And Keith, Keith Lee is going to have to fight two people. And maybe, maybe that's how you get around the Anthony Bow. If Anthony Bowens is injured, that's how you kind of get around it is Keith Lee is fighting two people, but he's not making them look weak because one of them's injured or one of them is Billy Gunn, who is also injured. He is, his scissoring hand is broken as we all know. (laughs) Uh, so maybe that's how you, you that's uh, an out if Anthony Bowens is here. If he's not injured, I just assume the acclaimed wins clean, um, probably with some miscommunication between Keith Lee and, and, and Swerve, like you pointed to. But it really, as far as like the finish, go, I, I think acclaim is going to win regardless. But as far as the finish goes, it really depends on if Anthony Bowens is hurt or not. As far as what I would do if I was booking the match. Yep. I agree with you. All right, so the big main event, <clears throat> the AEW World Champion John Moxley going against MJF. Uh, John, I I mean I don't know if I'm assuming he's going to have William Regal in his corner. This doesn't say anything about that, but I'm assuming that's going to be the case. Um, I think this is going to be a great match. I think MJF's winning it, and part of me, a good percentage of of me, thinks that. There's going to be some involvement from William Regal that will help out MJF win. And actually, William Regal is going to fucking leave the Blackpool Combat Club for his new protege, MJF, who will go back to being a complete heel. And uh, I don't know if I'm right on that, but that's my prediction. I'm going to stick to it. I don't give a shit. I think MJF's going to win. The The counterpoint would be whatever happens in that Jericho match earlier in the night and what is going on with the Blackpool Combat Club coming out of that, I think, is what will be the extracurricular. Um, if the Blackpool Combat Club seems like they're falling apart to William Regal, maybe he attaches himself to, to MJF, or maybe both parties try to get involved. And like I said, you have MJF and Moxley fighting them off fighting off the various groups, but MJF still gets the win. And it just depends on if they're booking MJF babyface or not, but it seems like they're going to book him heel. So I'm going to assume there'll be some kind of fuckery with William Regal. And maybe we will see a different look to the Blackpool combat club, but I I could see that just ending tonight, regardless, like I said, based on the other match, based on the fact they have that other match set up earlier and they've been teasing this kind of storyline. And not only if, if in my scenario, because I, I could definitely see it happening the way that you're talking about, but in my scenario, this has to be a situation where no one sees it coming. Like when it, what I mean by that is MJF would have to act like a babyface throughout the course of this match. And then whenever Regal does whatever, maybe like he's on the ground, you'll just see like a smirk on his face. And then he gets up, acts like a complete fucking heel gets the booze roaring at him takes out moxley takes out that title william regal both smiles on their face holds his you know there's it just if 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 it's gonna work like that you gotta really be a big fuck you so he's gotta be like the baby face like fighting from you know whatever is so I'm, i'm curious how they're gonna do it there's a good chance that he might just beat moxley and be a baby face after this there's a good chance that moxley might just beat you know i don't know I have no idea, but I, I really feel like this is going to be like a, a Regal taking in MJF, fucking over Moxley in some type of way 
MJF champion, now top heel again. Right. And maybe it is that did Brian, uh, the American Dragon, wins that title and Moxley is the odd man out and they want MJF as, as opposed to Moxley. I love that idea as well, man. That's a very, so, very interesting thing. And I think, you know, Moxley works better as the lone wolf anyway, so it kind of plays out. But I think it there's a lot of interesting scenarios um, in that match, but I think all of them should end with MJF leaving with the title, regardless of if he's a babyface or a heel at this point. Because I don't know that the fans are going to be ride or die if he ends up losing this match just clean to Moxley after it being put off for so long of this guy that's clearly deserving deserving and has earned the title at this point. Yep. I agree with you. Well, I'm excited. Like I said, I, I don't have as much excitement, I think, as I usually do for an AEW pay-per-view, but technically this is not like I, I consider the big two, you know, with all out and also double or nothing. So this is still going to be a fun. Uh, I'm sure there's going to be some stuff that we don't see coming. I'm sure there's going to be some surprises. I'm sure we're going to have a lot of great matches. Uh, and <laughs> we're also going to, because he still wants to do them, we're going to get a press conference afterwards. So there's part of me that wants to see that. And we'll just see what happens. You know, maybe like we said, CM Punk and FTR just beat the living fuck out of the elite. Who knows? <laughs> Jim Cornette would lose his mind uh, if that happened. But, Jim uh, Cornette comes out first, just has like a, a stare down with Kenny Omega and starts pointing at him and then tell, takes his hand like, come on, guys. And FTR and CM Punk run out. The whole place would fucking just blow up. Yeah, everyone, everyone doesn't want to get along. But if that happened, people would go crazy. It'd make money. That's for sure. Oh, yes. It makes some damn money. It's not going to happen, though. But, but I, Chris. I, I will I will say this real quick about the I think the most reason I'm not excited about this is because I think the booking of the storylines going into this has not been that great. And it hasn't been that good since they did that New Japan pray for you. Regardless, yeah. I know some wrenches got thrown into the heavyweight plan, but there's a lot of other stuff around what you could have been doing that you haven't been doing to me. That's made me not that excited. I think there's going to be some good matches on this, but we just gave, you can give like two or like most of the outcomes are not that exciting outside of the main event. Really. And I don't really care about the elite and the trio. There's a bunch of stuff that I don't like about this. I not saying that any of the quality of wrestling is going to be bad on this show, but I am, uh, I'm more excited to see, what happens with the bloodline than anything on this show, which should not be your goal if you're AEW. No, not at all. But they're going to be setting up what's going to be coming, you know, in the next couple of programs in the next couple of months. So we get to the next pay-per-view. So it's always fun to get to this point, regardless with AEW within their storyline, because it's like they're, they got little quarter seasons, if you will. So we're, we'll find it, out in a well, couple they, hours. Yeah, and they got a speed bump in the middle of the road between their normal quarter seasons because they have Wrestle Kingdom. Yes, so that's right. Of that shit in there and see if they can book around that somehow. Because I know, I know for Chris and especially for you know for me too, if there's not that much involvement, I'm gonna be completely rolling my eyes at this whole entire like partnership with New Japan. 
right? And maybe Nakamura going over to Japan, they'll just be like, okay, AW, we don't really need you, or we'll work with Triple H. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Uh, we, we we decided that we wanted to have Roman Reigns go against Kazuchika Okada. Apparently, he didn't want to go for AEW's Atlantic title or whatever the fuck you call it. <laughs> I'm not saying you can't say it wouldn't happen. Triple H did. I mean, WWE tried to buy New Japan, so it's not it's not far fetched. Yep, it's not far fetched at all. But what's also not far fetched? We're done with the show. Yep. Well, we just talked all about all the wrestling stuff. And we had we had a great show. Yeah, we had a great show for you. Uh, Chris, say goodbye to all the lovely people so we can get out of here. Plug what you got to plug. Goodbye to all the lovely people. If you want to talk to me on Twitter, it's at Chris R. Patton for as long as Twitter exists still, I guess. Uh, on Facebook, Christopher.R.Patton. Same on Instagram. Also, check out at Skates to Throats. We should have some new episodes upcoming soon in which you'll get to hear me gush even more about the devil season so far, who are currently beating the shit out of the Ottawa Senators 5-1. to one. Uh, Outside of that, I hope everyone really enjoys this AW pay-per-view and look forward to uh, doing some more podcasts for you guys in the future. Yes, sir. And I hope you enjoy some hockey now, sir. And I will be enjoying along with you some AEW wrestling in a couple hours. You guys have a good one. We do this show. We record it at least on Saturdays. Usually have it out on Sunday or Monday. If you're a new listener, you can find us on any downloadable platform. If you just want to search Google for Wrestling Geeks Alliance, you can find it there. But we're on Red Circle Media. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube, anything. Just search Wrestling Geeks Alliance. Find your platform. Subscribe to us. Give us a good rating. And thank you so much. And like I said, if you want to hear me and my buddy Abe Greer talk about Marvel and DC. I have a Dane Rance episode up. Definitely check that out. Uh, we, we go in-depth on everything. And uh, thank you guys so much. I think I'm going to say that at least five more fucking times. Basically, you guys have a good one. And peace the F out. Let the Wrestling Geeks Alliance be with you. <laughs>